You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you this week. It is one of only three episodes that we have left that deal with uh, last season's TV shows that have already returned. Uh, I also have a Gotham and Flash episode uh, that needs to get put up, but uh, this week we're going to talk about Supergirl. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up that this is another one that it's dealing with last season. It's dealing with season two. It's not dealing with anything that's happened since. We are going to talk about that in an episode coming up, but... I've decided not to do any mid-season episodes this year because I feel like it's uh, been hard enough to get out the summer episodes, so I want to make sure that I can get back into a more regular schedule before I start doing mid-season episode reviews as well as end-of-season episode reviews again. So this year, uh, we're going to have to wait until the summer for me to talk about the entirety of Supergirl Season 3 with a cast. But with all that being said, now it's time to rejoin the podcast already in progress. Let's introduce our cast for this week. And starting off, it's the man that you love to hate. It's the man that absolutely loathes Pluto. And that is my <laughs> nemesis, Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> I, I'm... I'm contemplating uh if, if loathe is the right word <laughs> okay. i disdain there's a difference okay <laughs> let's let's get the right qualifier on there yeah, okay exactly <laughs> i mean i treat it i consider it with as much importance as i consider any other non-planetoid rock in the solar system <laughs> it's glad to know that you'll there's always some constants in life ryan and uh, the fact that you're wrong is one of them <laughs> <laughs> And yet, you know, academia and science and all seem to agree with me on that one. So, you know. <laughs> uh, well, who, who knows? They might reverse their decision at some point. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, how, are you, how have you been, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's been a day, uh, like about an hour. Actually, I guess it's yeah, a little over an hour ago. Um, my printer couldn't find my network. I found every other network mm. in the neighborhood, but mine. And so that sent me down a rabbit hole of diagnostics and rebooting and and fun to the point where I even have the most up-to-date Skype experience, which is something I always try to avoid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how that can go. It's even worse on my end. I have a printer that I have connected with a hard uh, USB connection, and sometimes it can't find the network. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I know. <laughs> I know. Or, or to be more precise, the computer can't find the printer sometimes, uh. which I don't really understand. But usually, if I disconnect and turn off everything and turn everything back on, reconnect, it'll you know it'll work somehow. So I yeah. just try hitting it. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, well, it's I, those I, I, early telltale signs that Skynet's coming online. <laughs> well, I, I tried all those solutions, including the violence, and all I've got to show for it is a printer that my neighbors can use. You know, I'm back to work. You know? <laughs> well, I have proof every single day working retail with a very slow register that Skynet's never going to win because I say the totals before the coupons even go through. So they're too slow. <laughs> they're never going to win. <laughs> That's true. We need to we need to make sure that like Skynet runs on like the most inefficient like operating system, and then we'll yeah. uh, so something like Windows ninety five or something should power Skynet so. or iOS one. <laughs> Just have blue. No, no, no. Uh, Windows. Uh, what they call it? Millennium Edition. Oh yeah, that one was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It just constantly I, go I'll, to blue screen. <laughs> I'll tell you why we have nothing to worry about from Skynet. And it's really quite simple because it really is the most arrogant the arrogance of man to think that once we create Skynet, Skynet's gonna give a crap about us. Right. It's not, you know. <laughs> Skynet's gonna disappear somewhere into the depths of the internet and we'll never see it again and it won't give a fig about us one way or the other. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> Besides your computer trouble, Ryan, uh, anything uh, since the last time? I guess that might have been what the Wonder Woman podcast. Uh, anything? No, anything I didn't new? do. I didn't do Wonder Woman. Oh, shame on you. That. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you. Were, that's right. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan's just bound to disagree with me no matter what it is. But no, in this case, he's correct. <laughs> so what was it? Oh man, I can't even remember when the last time you were on was then. Oh, once upon a time. Yeah, I was about to say it hasn't been that long. You know, right? Yeah, weeks. no, I know. <laughs> but if the if these are aired out of order, you know. Then... Well, once upon a time, I think it'll come out before this anyway. So okay. yeah, that's. Fun. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So anything uh, new and exciting happened since then? Well, you know, uh, tomorrow's the 4th, so uh, I went and bought some ribs that I'm going to, depending on if they're any good or bad, I'm gonna, I'll pass them off as mine or uh, <laughs> store-bought, you know. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes tomorrow. What, like you <laughs> slaughtered <laughs> your own animal? <laughs> <laughs> when I'll have by side of bacon, just yeah. in case. Yeah. <laughs> bacon never bacon. makes, makes yeah. everything better. Yeah. <laughs> all right well no that's exciting yeah. <laughs> all right um well it's good to have you back ryan good to be back and uh next up you know him as a gamer you know him as the guy that's always got a drink on hand while he's podcasting that is james rao how are you doing james doing good doing good <laughs> what what are you drinking right now james i am drinking a glenfiddich cask collection single malt scotch whiskey the only mm. place i can buy it is at the uh, Canadian border. It's impressive. Yeah, it's good though, and it's only like fifty bucks. I mean, oh, for fuck. some people, it's like fifty bucks for a bottle of booze. Right. Like, I'll just go get some Boone's Farm. Like, screw off. <laughs> but uh, no, like if you're gonna be the uh, Scotch drinker out there, like forty to fifty bucks is pretty average. So yeah. Does that mean this is a drinking game now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I need more scotch for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, and of course, I mean, when you're a connoisseur, that's like a different level than, you know, just drinking. You know, you're, you're oh, yeah. actually going for the quality. Oh, yeah. I go like because I do. I look I look at flavor and like I know what I like. I know what I don't like. And it's funny, like I found myself in more than one time, like at the we have a store it's called bevmo mm -hmm. and it's just all booze in there so beer wine liquor and i found myself standing there like staring at scotch and being like what do i want i don't know i, I don't know and then like some random guy will be like 
hey, what do you know about any of this? <laughs> and I'm like, are you, are you looking to get into scotch? And how much do you want to know? <laughs> He's just like, like, what's good, what's not? And so, yeah, I always have to, like, then I get into it. And I'm like, well, do you like a peaty flavor? Do you like not a peaty flavor? And then notoriously, they're like, I don't know what peat is. And I'm like, do you like tasting moss? Does moss sound like it's going to taste good? And they're like, no. And I'm like, and you don't want the PD flavored one. <laughs> I was about to say because well. I know about peat moss, and I'm like I can't imagine it being anything else. <laughs> no, like Lagavulin is kind of a peatier one. Uh, there's one. Oh, it's called Lafroig, and it's it is like it basically tastes like they just I don't know what they fermented it with. But it basically just tastes like the moss. Like they just mm. somehow found a way to make the moss oh, liquid gross. and alcoholic. <laughs> well, and that's, that's what you're drinking. You can and ferment anything. <laughs> I mean, you right? can ferment uh, uh, wheat. So, I mean, you can that's ferment true. moss. That's true. I, like, I've had people who are just like, well, if you were a cigar smoker, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not that. And I probably <laughs> never will be. So I don't know how something made of tobacco that's not great for you mixed with something that tastes like crap that's not great for you makes it better i i don't feel like two wrongs make a right but okay <laughs> but three lefts do so throw in something else <laughs> wow all right so <laughs> So, James, you were on the Wonder Woman podcast. <laughs> was. That was, in fact, me. Right. So, uh, anything new and exciting since you were on the Wonder Woman podcast? No. Um, I'm looking for... Uh, I've, I've got a... I've got a hitch on potentially a uh, job that I think will make me really happy. I'll be actually help, like legit helping people mm. that are kind of down on times and need some assistance and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. But other than that, uh, oh, I guess the big thing I found out is I get to edit six podcasts that I recorded that I thought were being edited. And then it turns out my editing guy went, yeah, I'm crap at this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Woo, I was yeah. like, you're a sound engineer. You have a degree in that. How how can you engineer music but not a podcast? I don't understand this, but that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember you were mentioning that last time you were on that you had to figure out what's going on with your podcast because you weren't hearing anything from your editing guy. Yeah. So when do you think that you're going to be able to start getting stuff up? Oh no. I can pretty much probably start getting things up anytime. I'd say probably within the next couple of weeks, because he was just like, well, I'll still make an intro for you. That was three days ago. So I'm not I'm not hedging my bets for it, mm -hmm. but I'll check in with him. And if he's like, yeah, I got nothing. Then I'm just going to use what I used like two years ago when I had podcasted and we're just going to roll with it. And I'm going to get content out because I'm tired of promising things and it not happening for people. There you go. So what kind of topics uh, are you or do you have for those episodes? Yeah, so my podcast, we talk a lot about video gaming. Mm -hmm. So the industry as a whole, uh, like we just recorded a podcast talking about the current state of console games, um, as well as like things with PC and whatnot and how all of it kind of relates to each other. And, you know, really what we thought was going to like drive sales, things like that. But we also talk about games we like uh, kind of in a uh, conversational review format where we each kind of share our opinion on a game and have a little debate, you know, 
nobody that I podcast with is like super inflammatory with being like, no, I'm the devil's advocate and what you're <laughs> saying is wrong and that game was horrible. Like generally I think we all end up agreeing most of the time, but So no Ryan on your podcast. I was gonna say that. <laughs> 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 I've been called worse. <laughs> no trolls. But, um, okay, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone listening to this, uh, you know, if you want to hear any cool video game stuff, then definitely check out James' podcast, and at the end, he'll uh, shout out about it, and we'll have a link to his bio on the website, which also has a link to his podcast, so check that out. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My wife uh, is here with me, and so she keeps waving to me. So I'm going to introduce her um, right <laughs> now. Like you forgot me. No, I didn't forget you. <laughs> I was just thinking if I had. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry, uh, James. It's good to have you back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so you know she's making me say things out of order. So anyway, finally, since I've already kind of pseudo introduced her. It is uh, my darling wife, the uh, creator of Fuzzy Lovey's uh, costumer extraordinaire, and that is Beth. How are you, Beth? I'm going crazy with my costume stuff. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what kind of costume stuff are you working on, Beth? It's something I've, I've never done before. Um, I've, I've already jumped into my Chicago TARDIS things because... Um, Normally, I I wait until somewhat the last minute, and I can usually pull it off, but this time I, I realized that this is not going to be a costume. It's going to be a build, so I had to start early. And Chicago TARDIS is in November, and this is July, so that should give you an idea of how intense this is going to be. And I'm not going to really like say what it is, because there's a lot of competition in the masquerade, and I don't want anyone to hear it and be like, oh, I want to try and beat that, so yeah. yeah. It's all very hush-hush. Yes. But I will say that it's like watching a Mythbusters build going on. <laughs> I took over doing. the garage for a while. In real time. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, I can't um, park my car in the garage anymore because she's taking it <laughs> wow. over. So, yeah. <laughs> you didn't need that garage anyways. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I've, I've moved the main uh, construction out of the, the garage and into the basement, so it has um, progressed to that degree, so... We just have to get, like, all the old office stuff out of there now because we have the new desk, and now the old desk is in the garage, and so once that goes to the dump, you have your new garage, you have your garage back. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's my mundane news, is that my office is <laughs> completely refurnished and redecorated, so uh, it's very geeky. I've got as many posters that I've carried around for years as I can put up. Lots of stuff from the 90s that I collected, like there's X-Men posters and Dragon Ball Z poster, well, wall scroll, and uh, an Inuyasha wall scroll and all my action figures and, you know, just stuff like that. So it's kind of my space. So. Is man cave. Nice. <sighs> See, it's not really a man cave for me because I don't have a workbench. But it's your library. It's your gentleman's little... Well, that makes it sound I like still actually. want a space in the basement where I can have all my electronic stuff, and that would be my man cave. But I'm you working know. on making room for that. I know. All right. <laughs> so you want like two mine. caves? Well, well, if I had a house that wasn't made in the 1920s that's composed of nothing but little tiny spaces, then uh, I would only need one. But because it is that style of house, it's like... Uh, you know, there's not enough room, really, anywhere. It's very small, yeah. narrow 
places. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling shenanigans on you. There was nothing around in the 1920s, so clearly this can't be true. <laughs> what? There was nothing in the 1920s? <laughs> nothing existed. <laughs> nothing is that old. You know? okay. <laughs> Everything was black and white then. Well, yes, the world was black and white then. That I know, but... <laughs> We actually had our daughter convinced of that for the longest time. When she realized we were just kidding, she was so hurt. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Beth, for explaining to everyone how bad we are as parents. <laughs> it actually, I, I, I didn't realize she fully believed that. I didn't realize she believed it. I thought she knew I was joking, but... But she's so literal. Believe their parents. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's on them. I wish, I wish I could take credit for that though. But really, it comes from an old Calvin and Hobbes that I was just copying, where Calvin's dad was telling him that that the whole world was black and white, and then one day it became color. And Calvin asked, "Well, what about photographs? You know?" And he's like, "Because those are color photographs of a black and white world." <laughs> so, Duh. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah. So, Beth, it's good to have you back. Glad to be back. Even though it's been like a long time and I've only been on like, I think, two podcasts. Yeah, you've been on two. That I Number know. Number three, woo! Ryan's been on so many that they all blur together. That's why I can't remember yeah. which ones he's been on. <laughs> Ryan's the heavy hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I just know I can rely on him to show up, so, you know. I just said that everything, every time I make fun of Ryan, I'll take a drink. Okay. <laughs> My unicorn, Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah, it's Dr. Pepper. This is but turning I... into prom all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, moving right along. So, tonight we're going to be talking about Supergirl. But before that, we're going to go into five questions. And for people just coming in for the first time, five questions is just a little thing we do before the topic to sort of loosen ourselves up. And usually it's five random questions. But for these episodes where we're discussing a season of a TV show, I've decided to uh, do more directed questions. So there he here we have five questions that all relate to Supergirl. So first question, Kara or Kara? <laughs> uh, I really feel like this is one of those ones where there is a real, a right and a wrong answer, mm. not just an opinion thing. Like uh, you can go back to some you know, writer or I don't know Helen Slater or something mm. and get the answer. I'm going to go with Kara. Okay. Final answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this one would require that much thought, but okay, James. Like yeah, I'm gonna go with Kara. Okay. Do you mean it as like the name of Supergirl, or is it just a like, standard name for anything? No, 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 no. What, what is her real name? Because because everyone on the show pronounces it differently. I decided not to include Kira, which is cats, <laughs> because that one is obviously false. Okay. So we're going with Kara or Kara. I've always I've always gone with Kara because I, I consider Kara to be a little bit more exotic than Kara. But uh-huh. if I normally saw the name Kara written out, I would pronounce it Kara for like a human being, hmm. unless you told me otherwise. Okay. Yeah, see, I pronounce her Kara more often instead of Kara. But although, looking at it, spelling-wise, it probably ought to be Kara. But since I'm usually just hearing the name spoken, I- I've latched on to Kara as the one that I seem to hear more. But the people on the show are very inconsistent with it, and it goes both ways. So I was just curious what everybody says. So Well, it's that National City accent. You know? Right! <laughs> In whatever state that yeah. is. Yeah. 
<laughs> Alright. A second question. Better Superman, Henry Cavill or Tyler Hoechlin? <laughs> Why is that even a question? <laughs> Hey, we, we're gonna we're gonna cover it at some point anyway. We might just get it out of the way here. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill, I think, has the potential to be a great Superman if he's ever you know given a, a, a director who can who understands what Superman is. Mm. But uh, no, I think Tyler gets it. He might not have the the build or something like that that people are looking for, but he's got he's got the spirit, hands down. Yeah. Like I would, I would say Tyler. I, uh, mostly because for me, I I don't know. It felt like it just it felt like he tried too hard in those stupid movies. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I I do like genuinely when they first introduced Tyler playing Superman and Supergirl, like I was legit into it. I was just like, okay, I can see the build. Like he's got the stature. He he looks mm. very like Boy Scout. Okay. And I felt like as an actor, like he, as Ryan said, like he really like got it with the part as far as kind of how Clark represents himself as Superman. You know, the fact that he discusses why he didn't want to team up with the DEO, like he had the specific reason um, and it was just very centered to the character. I felt like and every time he's been back, like I've always enjoyed every one of those episodes. I was mm. like, I'm just like, I like this Superman. I'll watch this Superman. I don't <laughs> want to watch any other Superman, really. <laughs> or at least none of the options we have available now. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Beth. Tyler. <laughs> Do you need to say anything more? It's it's not it's not like the looks that make Superman. It's how he acts and how he carries himself. And Tyler has that completely down. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, to me, I mean, Superman doesn't even need to be particularly muscular because the whole idea is, you know, he gets these powers from the sun and as a Kryptonian, he's super powerful. So I know he's been drawn that way in the comics before with the super huge build, but Tyler's, you know, like James said, Tyler's tall. He's got the stature and yeah, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder, but that's fine for me because that means that he can be Clark Kent. And people won't be like, hey, you know, Clark's really beefy. I mean, he fits in as a reporter, right? So, you know, so so as far as that's concerned, I think that's a non-issue. Uh, I know a lot of people were complaining about it early on. But definitely, uh, the character is the character of Superman that I'm familiar with and the one that I like to see. Because, honestly, if you're going to make the fact that you have almost unlimited power a burden... Or something that the character feels like, you know, this just sucks. <sighs> I feel like that's a more interesting take in prose that you might be able to do and you can really get inside a character's head. Um, and certainly some people have done that before, of the idea of, you know, very powerful beings that, you know, uh, don't enjoy their power. But on screen, man, is that a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know both the Snyder t- Save your dad from a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> right out loud. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, so anyway, we, we all, we've all discussed this stuff before, so I think we can just move on. Um, <laughs> all right, third question. Cat Grant or Snapper Car? Uh, I don't want to make that choice. <laughs> <laughs> you that's have like, like, to, though. <laughs> that, you know, that's like the equivalent of, do you want to live with your mommy or do you want to live with your daddy, you know? <laughs> But I'm gonna go with Cat because she was first. If I have to, 
But I, I don't think there's a wrong answer with that one. <laughs> and I think I think her wit is sharper. Hmm. So, given the fact that I write from time to time, and I'm kind of cynical, uh, <laughs> Snapper's my boy. Like, <laughs> like, like that man speaks to my heart <laughs> so many times, and I'm like. And, and I think about it because I'm just like, man, if this guy was my boss, he'd hate me. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't get done. He'd hate me. I think he hates everybody, doesn't he? Yeah, he hates everybody. That's <laughs> I, I feel like his hatred for me could be like the fire of a thousand suns. Like, because I'm just lazy and I don't meet deadlines mm. ever. Like, I'd be fired within probably a day. But no, I do. I love the character. I love the way he pushes Kara from that writing standpoint. Like, so much of what he says is just, like, true to what I wish most journalists did when they approach, like, how they're how they're writing an article and what kind of honesty they're putting out there. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just, I think he made, the character has made a lot of really great points about journalistic integrity when it comes to Kara, which has helped her own character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, Grant, because um, definitely the wit's there. <clears throat> Excuse me, my Dr. Pepper got stuck in my throat. <laughs> uh, Those <the> unicorns. Wit- <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn farts, rainbows. <laughs> no, I've lost my train of thought. I guess it's just because she she has that nurturing shy when she when it, when it when it's called for it. But Snapper just struck me as err all the time, and that soft cell only came out right at the end. But it seems like an, and there's at least one part in every episode where Cat was able to be like that mentor that was kind to Kara and gave her the advice that she needed that fit the episode. So that's that's why I'm more drawn to Cat than Snapper. He kind of bothered me. I didn't really like him very much. <laughs> I, I'm a little disturbed that this is falling on gender lines, but I actually, yeah, if, I if push came to shove, I'm going to go at Snapper also because totally everything that James said. I love that he's brought up you know, all these points about journalistic integrity because it's kind of problematic, not only in Supergirl, but in comic books in general. A lot of times reporters are depicted in a particular way where a lot of times they cut all kinds of corners and, you know, they don't really do things the way that a journalist should do them. And I like the fact that there's that, there's Snapper there to say, no, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to verify all the information that you give out. You know, you can't have, you know, secret, you know, uh, off the record stuff and just one, you know, it, you've got to have multiple, you know, uh, uh, sources that agree and stuff like that. It's, it, I, I've appreciated him so much. And I love the fact that even though he comes from this really cynical attitude, you know he's doing it not because he just wants to be a nasty person. He's doing it because he's trying to make sure that Kara does things right. And I like that, you know. So, whereas if he was just a jerk, he's just an angry guy, you know, I wouldn't have appreciated it. But you can see that side of him. So, I that's that's what I really like. So, for me, it's Snapper. Although, I do yeah. love Cat. <laughs> and, and for the audience at home, it did not fall along gender lines. I did say cat, so... Yeah. Oh, I thought you said snapper yeah. also. Never mind. No, I said cat! <laughs> <laughs> My memory is dying. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to remember things for me now? <laughs> Alright, fourth question. <clears throat> fourth question. Maxwell Lord or Lena Luthor? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... that's These questions are either, like, 
you can't answer them, or they're so easy that <laughs> that you shouldn't even have them. It's like you know, should I breathe today? You know, it's Maxwell, hands down, without a doubt. No offense to Kara Knightley knockoff, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Lord was was the man, and uh, he he, I think he just had a certain deviousness uh, even when he was doing the right thing right you were wondering why he was doing it mm. i like lena i really do i like lena okay are you gonna elaborate or is that just it uh <laughs> i i just like i i like the representation of what i've seen so far is like she's trying to stay out of being a bad guy and like I don't know, it, like, and, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit, because it is a little apropos that, like, it's consistently, like, she just keeps falling in with mm. the wrong people. Um, and at some point, I, I, I'm consistently finding myself, though, going, maybe it's all a big con. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like, the face is painted as, like, I want, I, I want to be different from Lex, I want to be different from my mom, but secretly, she isn't in any way. And, and I'm just waiting to see if that turns into, like, the big twist with her eventually. But, yeah, no, I just, I like where, where she is right now. Yeah, I enjoyed all that in Smallville. <laughs> so, so I love, though, that Ryan is like, this is so obvious, you know, there doesn't even need to be asked. And then James gives the opposite answer. So, anyway. <laughs> Beth? I found Maxwell to be a more uh, compelling foil. Lena is just more like, you know, hey, let's have a girl's name. <laughs> but Maxwell was, was like a very devious character who you don't know what he's going to do, even if it's for the right reasons, like you said. So, yeah, totally Maxwell. Yeah, I, um, I, I loved Maxwell Lord. I'm really sad that they got rid of him when they moved networks. I think we should probably talk about this in the in the back half because it looks like there is some difference of opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Lena hasn't worked well at all. I felt like her relationship with Kara, Kara, whatever, is uh, far too easy. Um, like they became besties, like with absolutely like no basis, and mm-hmm. it only makes sense if it was a con. But I think they've gone too long without the reveal of the con. You know, I kept waiting for exactly what James was talking about. And there was that one episode where they showed that she played chess better than Lex. And I was like, this is it. This is when she's going to turn. We're going to find out that she's, she knows Kara is Supergirl. We're going to find out that the whole friendship was just a lie to get close to her. And, you know, and then it never happened. So I don't know. I, I feel like if they did something like that now, it would be too late. But I guess it's possible in the next season. Or maybe she's just still playing chess. And I think she does know that Kara is Supergirl. Yeah, could be. She's still playing chess with us. Could be. But, alright, we might circle back to this one. But, alright. <clears throat> okay, I just looked at the last question. Stop! <laughs> Stop toying with them. So, who. <laughs> true, true star of the show in the writer's minds, Monel or Guardian? <laughs> uh, uh, you know. <laughs> See that this this feels like like uh, it's based on the fact that you have to hate them both. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it's making it harder. Which, is, which you know what? I'm an I'm an unapologetic Monel fan. Mm. So, <laughs> um, it's just hard to tell which one has overshadowed her more this season. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you just want to, if, if that's the question, which has overshadowed her more, Guardian, mm. uh, hands down. I mean, at least the Monel stuff is kind of interesting. Hmm. 
Okay. Trying to figure out how your thought process comes up with some <laughs> okay. of these. I, I'm being t- I'm being tongue in cheek here. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a lot of people, including myself, complaining that Supergirl is taking a back seat to these new male characters that have you know. Well, I mean, Jimmy isn't a new character, but the whole transition to Guardian is new, Ugh. and 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 it's annoyed me quite a bit. So. You know, yeah. So, yeah, which one? Sure. <laughs> which one do you think the writers are <laughs> are putting out there more? Ugh, like, <laughs> I, I, some part of me really wishes the question was like, who do I hate more? Because that's so much easier to just okay. say outright. <laughs> I mean, if I had to choose who, who I like more, as far as like, I think they're they're the real star. Like, it's gonna be it's gonna be Monel for me. Like, I I I'd like Monel more than I like Guardian. If they got rid of Guardian and he just goes back to being Jimmy, I'll be so happy. I'm okay with just Jimmy. But this Guardian thing, I think the reason it just bothers me so much is it resonates with the fact that I live in Washington and in Seattle, we have a guy who's basically Guardian. He's an MMA fighter who suits up at night and he is like a real life superhero who patrols the streets of Seattle, like stopping like misdemeanor stuff. So like oh my assaults God, are you he comes serious? across. Why have I not heard of this? Totes serious. I'll figure out his name before the podcast is over, and uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know. So you can look up everything. He's legit too. Like he is no joke in the MMA ring. Like he's he's like a welterweight, and he's I, I'm not sure what his like streak is, but like he's got a ton of like belts and. He, like, he's good at what he does. Hmm. Yeah, I know there's some town in Canada where a guy suits up as Batman, but I hadn't heard about this in Seattle. Well, I have to assume the bat guy at least says, Swear to me! <laughs> Bale voice. <laughs> Alright, so Beth, what is your choice? Guardian? Because <laughs> like half the episodes were basically like, he was the A-plot, and I'm like, why are you here? Why is this happening? It doesn't make any sense why why this even happened at all because it's, yeah. he, if he needs to exist, let's put him in like Arrow or something. This is not a, a, a cast where he makes any sense. Yeah, I Berlanti's need to make everyone around the superhero also a superhero of some form is starting to really get annoying. I thought it was kind of clever when they did it with Arrow, but then all of a sudden. It became every every superhero needs not only a support group, which is fine, but they all have to be super powered as well. And it, or at least in Guardians, cool suit, something you know, something along those lines, a superhero-ish kind of figure. So <gasps> he was for Batman. I just connected <laughs> the stupid dots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, you know, I just think they didn't know. I mean. Maybe this is better saved for the for the actual program, but they just didn't know what to do with the character after he he was a love interest, mm. and then but he he can't be a love interest and he can't be a journalistic mentor. So I guess the only other option since is superhero. It, it, it's kind of just a failing of imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Which and I will say this just to be fair, Berlanti has admitted that some of the choices this season were because the network save happened at the last minute and they hadn't really been prepared for this season and that's also why the crossover barely like it barely even went into Supergirl cuz they had planned it as a three-part crossover 
And then suddenly when Supergirl was on the CW, it was like, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> we gotta hastily work Supergirl into it. So, you know, so that's that that explains that. And they said next year it would be a true four-part crossover. Or five-point by that time. Yeah, well, no, they've said <laughs> Black Lightning isn't going to cross over. In fact, it's going to be a mid-season show, but anyway. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Right. <laughs> All right, so that's that's the end of five questions. <laughs> So before we dive into talking about Supergirl fully, let's pause for this promo from another fine podcast. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted, including those of the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast? I need my weekly dose of sci-fi news with movie and TV reviews and commentary. We intercepted no transmission! This is a consular ship! If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Sorry, I was indisposed. I will give it a moment to air out if you know what I mean. Who needs the ambassador? I thought I heard someone call out for me. I... Uh... What in the bloody hell did you do to Ramus? Speak up! Uh... I, uh, um... Which one of those chest buttons calls your supervisor? You imbecile. Uh, jeez, mister. Honestly, he was, uh... Uh, like that when we got here. Right, fellas? Mister, I am an ambassador. Let me see your identification. Shut it, Bob. You are as clumsy as you are stupid doesn't have to show you your ID. We don't need to see his identification. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Lipson.com, and Stitcher Radio. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course, and by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. I hid who I really was until one day when an accident forced me to reveal myself to the world. To most people, I'm a reporter at Catco Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. And we're back. Uh, so, uh, like we said before the promo, we're talking about Supergirl this time. And uh, so, Ryan was on with me last time when we talked about all four Berlanti shows, which was way too much to cram into <laughs> one episode. In fact, we had to divide it into two episodes just because of it. And, you know, we had agreed that Supergirl had changed a lot just from jumping networks, you know, between CBS and the CW. And there's been kind of a a retooling going on for the second season. So just for an overview, I guess, to bring Beth and James up with where Ryan and I sort of left off. So, James, what did you feel, you know, about the changes just moving into season two of Supergirl? Man, into season two? Yeah. 
So between season one and season two, like we change, you know, Maxwell Lord is out. Right, right, you know, right. Lena's in. Uh, you know, we lose Cat. Suddenly, National City looks like Star City, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's cosmetic, though. I mean, that's that's a little you know different. But what what? How did you feel about uh, sort of the changes to the show? Sure, sure. I didn't like that we didn't have Cat anymore because. Mm. I did legitimately, I know in five questions, you know, I said, you know, I love Snapper, but I legitimately love Cat Grant um, as well. Like, she is a phenomenal, powerful female character in this show. Like, she, she's kind of, in, in a lot of ways, like, that, that, that mother hen for uh, Kara in, in that just, in her own weird nurturing way, where, like, she's, She's very strict strict about like how she sees the world and like how she handles things and how she handles her employees but simultaneously like she has this unique way of connecting with Kara. It was one of the things about season 1 that I probably loved the most mm. um and sold me on the show because I was just like, you know what? Kara could be like the worst person as a human being, but with with cat at her side like i feel like just we could see improvement it doesn't matter how bad that ends up being like something will get better so i really liked her maxwell lord honestly i just didn't really like feel a difference like i didn't notice anything i wasn't really connected to the character i mean it was fine he was okay but all all i could think of the whole time because to some degree kind of i don't know maybe and i'm sure a lot of people disagree i was just like you're like a lesser lex luther mm. and i just don't care about you <laughs> so um he was kind of an evil yeah i mean he he's definitely like I, I mean as far as like when we go to like what we know of maxwell lord in the comics like he's done some like majorly messed up stuff i think in comparison to lex but yeah, like as far as the show goes, though, like, I mean, I don't know. I never felt like they took him to that level um, mm. where like he did something that really like crossed a lot of lines for me um, where I was just like, oh, my gosh, he's so horrible. And he's like the worst villain. And <laughs> oh, but it makes him so good. Like, uh, I just I never had that moment with him mm -hmm. past that. I like the introduction of like Snapper. Like, I really like him as a character, as said. Mm. Again, I feel like I feel like when 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 you have the too when you have cat grant and you have snapper they are like that mother father kind of relationship with kara as far as like he he's a really stern crass abrasive individual but there as we find out like finally and later like there is this softer side to this man like everything he does has purpose and reason he doesn't say things just to be cruel mm -hmm. it's a way of like I guess molding the relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like his character. I like the fact that we finally get an, you know we finally got an introduction to Superman, like an actual physical body, right. um, which phenomenal. <laughs> that was ridiculous in season one. Like we we got the pair of boots, and it's like for God's right. sakes, if you're gonna give me a pair of boots, just show the whole body. <laughs> yeah, like we get a pair of boots, a little bit of voice, and then text messages forever. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> just give us superman why are you guys doing this and like i even tried to make excuses for it i was like well maybe it's because of the movie thing like they just they don't want like something that doesn't match what they're doing in the movies i don't know 
So I've tried to make excuses, but... I, I am glad that they seem to be relaxing that whole thing, because for a while it was no characters that are in the movies or are going to appear in movies, but it seems like they're pulling back on that. I mean, the fact that they're letting Arrow use Slate again, you know, right. kind of shows that they're they're pulling back on that, and I think that they've realized that the TV and movies are different properties, and that people will realize that and it's they're not going to be so confused by the fact that different actors are playing the roles that it's going to be like a major problem yeah for sure i did like the i i guess i like the introduction of the big bad towards the later half of the season as far as you know it being with like Monel's parents and everything um mm-hmm. i really what i loved i think the most about that was who they got to play their roles because yeah. the whole time i was like Yes. That's Hercules. It's Hercules. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. Like, it was just a little nostalgia factor that oh, was yes. nice. I thought, for some reason, her name's escaping me, uh, the actress. Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Carrie Hatcher, I felt like she did villainous really well. Oh, like, yeah. there was a lot about her character in general. I was just like, you're just an evil person. Like, you're just, <laughs> you're so horrible. Like... You know, the lengths that she's willing to go to and everything, like, I really enjoyed. So I think there's definitely, like, some solid stuff that they did introducing into this new season as far as new things. There were definitely things they took away um, that I wasn't a fan of, but I think they kind of learned that towards the end of the season in that later half where they're like, oh, people were not happy about Cat Grant not being here anymore. We should find a way to bring Cat Grant into this more. Well, I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's certainly a problem for those of us who enjoyed her character, but I, I don't think it's their fault. I mean, they were limited by what Callista Flockhart, you know, would, would do. So, I mean, I don't think it was that they didn't want her. I think that she just was like, look, I don't want to, you know, have that, you know, traveling from L.A. to Vancouver every week thing that burns you out. So, uh, you know, she only did the beginning and the end of the season. Although I'm hoping, I'm hoping, because they moved James' stuff out of her office at the end of the season, that she's coming back. So, right? yeah, permanently. Yeah, come on, Allie McBeal, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bath, yeah. how about you? So, so the things that changed between season one and season two, how did you feel? Uh, you know, just, just sort of a brief overview. Well, the very first episode, it was a very jarring change. Like, some things were just, like, not addressed. Right. Right, because, I mean, like, it's, like, the next day after the season finale, and, like, Maxwell Lord's just gone when he had been such a Mm. big player, and, yeah, there were several... I mean, they had this whole rocket ready to go. It was like, wait a minute, back when, you know, uh, Nod was, you know, having his whole plan, why didn't anyone bring bring up this rocket that apparently was already ready to go? And, you know, there, there was all sorts of weird stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I was just referring to the first episode, though. And it was so long ago, I can't remember what all those things were. I was just like, wait, this is wrong, and this is wrong. <laughs> right. they were like, act- it was almost like we were on Earth, like, 43 now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, and maybe that's the explanation. Was. Maybe Supergirl Season 2 happens on a different Earth. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it, it, it felt a little bit jarring, but once you got past the first episode, it was it was okay. It, the introduction of Monel at first, was really strange, because I felt like they were going to overshadow her again with something. But then it showed that he was weaker than her. And I was like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. Is it going to be useful or not? And then they were just the cutest couple ever. And I just couldn't help it but just fall in love with both of them as, as a couple. It was just adorable. Okay. I'm all over the place right now. I'm just total ADD with my commentary on this. <laughs> okay. 
So I, I know one of the things that's bothered me that's continued on throughout the second half of the season is that one of my favorite characters in season one was Jean. And I feel like Jean is almost a non-character oh, anymore. Oh, God, yes. Except for specific episodes. Like, the you know, whenever they were dealing with Magan, you know, suddenly Jean has a big role to play. But otherwise, he's just sort of in the background of the DEO. Even when he's going with Kara somewhere, just the briefest bit of CGI is Martian Manhunter. And once they arrive, it's like, up oh, the budget ran out. <laughs> he's going to be Hank again. <laughs> but I feel like they've lost that whole sense of, you know, what I really liked about John in season one was the tragedy of John, you know, the, the last Martian, you know, and the relationship with Kara and Alex. And they've mentioned it a couple of times, but other than the couple of times they've mentioned it, you don't feel like he's close with either one of them this season. They don't really show that, that level of almost surrogate father that he was to the two of them. And it seems like they don't know what to do with his character right now. And uh, that's, that's really disappointed me because... Well, they uh, had a thought when they brought in McGann, but then they resolved that plot so so fast. And that was a problem with a lot of the things in this in this season because they had these tiny plot threads, but three episodes later, it was all resolved. And it's like, oh, off to the next story. Right. No. I, I don't know. I, I think they're, you nailed it when you said they only had like three seconds of CG, you know, Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. It's not, they just can't afford to do anything with them. Their budget got slashed in moving to networks, mm-hmm. uh, moving from one network to the other. So there's only, uh, it's like, uh, they. I guess they seem to think that we wouldn't accept seeing Hank fly around or seeing Hank do all this badass stuff that he always has to be green to do it, which, yeah, that would be more in keeping certainly. But if my choice, if the choice is no Hank or only five seconds of Hank every third episode, you know, I I don't think I phrased that right. Uh, All Hank, you know, doing the superhero Mm -hmm. stuff or only Hank, you know, every third episode for five seconds, I'm going to take it as him being in his human form doing this it just make it work in the story and and we'll be along for the ride yeah but like i said though there are things that even he could be as hank like the surrogate father figure that i feel like they've just abandoned and i know that there was a lot of relationship stuff happening anyway this season Mm -hmm. but it just feels like it was one of those things that was dropped in between seasons it feels like except there's one i can't remember there was like one time where he mentioned it about how he still feels like uh kara and alex are like his daughters but i think there's only like one mention of that Yeah, it was towards the end of the season where they were like, oh yeah, we forgot about that. Let's include it real quick. We read the comments on Facebook. Uh, Right, and and I loved that part of it. I loved that it was like this sort of weird, crazy, wacky family. Again, that seemed to be a theme across the board. We lose Kat and we lose all of our mentors, Mm -hmm. all of our parents. And suddenly, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but suddenly they're out on their own trying to figure it out themselves and Kara has to decide what it means to be a hero and Guardian has to come along for god-awful reasons. <laughs> and, you know, even even when suddenly goes from no longer working at Catco to working full time for you know the the government oh, yeah, that was to moonlighting as a sidekick. Well, yeah. That, so, so to me, it seems like when Cat left, they had no clue what to do with the Catco characters, and I think yeah. that is the key problem with a lot of this. Was they were like, well, it kind of makes sense. Wins like this computer genius, so you know he was kind of being underused at Catco anyway. Let's have the DEO recruit him that made a certain kind of sense but then they're kind of left with jimmy where it's like okay we'll have cat leave him as kind of her successor 
you know, uh, and it's like, we have like one episode of him being, of him running CatCo. You know, where we actually see him doing the job. And then after that, it's just like Guardian full-time. Like, yeah, they'll show him sitting in the office, but he's not doing anything related to his job. And it's just kind of like, well, either that job is so incredibly easy that you don't have to do anything, it just kind of runs itself, which I have a hard time buying. Or, yeah. you know, he's he's letting the whole place go to pot just to, like, satisfy <laughs> mm-hmm. his superhero <laughs> fantasies. Well, yeah. The Jimmy versus Snapper confrontation was truly inspiring. So maybe after that, Snapper really was just running the joint. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know what he said, you know, in the big, like, meeting, but I'll just run things behind the show and have all the department heads listen to me. Yeah, Jimmy really was just dialing it in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know the board of CatCo must be flipping their he doesn't show up to any of the meetings he probably doesn't read the memos i i I wouldn't necessarily describe him incompetence to a a certain politician that exists right now but there are a lot of similarities (laughs) yeah it's and you know the fact that if he if if jimmy's out all night then either yeah. he's showing up completely dead, or he's coming in at, like, noon or one in the afternoon or something, which, See, again, is a problem. It works for Batman because everyone because Bruce Wayne was supposed to be kind of a useless playboy mm. that no one took seriously. But it doesn't work for Jimmy because we're supposed to believe that he's a serious, you know, entrepreneur climbing the ranks from photographer to CEO. But then, yeah, he's also a guardian. I don't know. Yeah, Bruce has Lucian, or Lucius. You know, who's, who's running things for him. You know, so that's a completely yeah. different setup. But well. <laughs> So, James, we're kind of running off over here. What, what, what are your thoughts about the whole Guardian thing? I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Like, I was... Because, like, initially, I wasn't even... Like, I don't think I was even a little excited from the get-go. Like, as soon yeah. as it was just like, I feel like I need to do more. And I was just like run catco right that would be doing enough right. <laughs> you know do do it with you know some some panache you know get out there but yeah no like it was organization yeah <laughs> right? like the second it was just like wins just like oh okay like i'll fight you at every turn and then you'll say superhero suit and then i'll just cave and i was like damn it win why are you so weak um <laughs> And so, like, don't get me wrong, like, I think their little, like, bromance, their little buddy-buddy pair-up, like, while it is, like, adorable and it's kind of funny uh, from time to time, the character just serves no purpose to me, because it's just like, I mean, you're taking down, like, minor crime guys. Like, you're not, you're, it's not like you're breaking into some crime syndicate. It's not like, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing down the mob. You're literally stopping purse snatchers. <laughs> potential rapists which is a good thing and would be murderers you know uh, that that are patrolling these random alleys but simultaneously i'm like before that i mean supergirl was doing like at least 85 percent to 90 percent of all of that anyways so great picking up the slack i guess i don't know like i don't i i i can't stand him like i just i want him to go back to just I don't know, take pictures, write an article, be a supportive friend, do something. And I, I felt like the end of the season kind of alluded that like they might, God, I hope they're leaning that direction. But yeah, mm. I just, I hate him so much. I'm like, just, just be Jimmy. I don't, I don't need you to be a poor hobo Batman. <laughs> I don't need 
And a terrible one at that. I love that cat can just look in his visor and knows who he is. She's like, I can see your eyes. Right? <laughs> as soon as he said that, I laughed really hard, and then I was like, I wonder how many other people are just humoring him. Like, <laughs> people are like, yeah, no, that's Jimmy. Like, we're just, this is whatever weird fantasy he's got. We're going to let it play its course and see what happens. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, I didn't like him in the first season just because I didn't like the whole thing that he... Oh, Lucy was another character that just disappeared between seasons. But, like, you know, how he had Lucy, and he was kind of stringing Lucy along while secretly lusting after Kara. And it was just like, you know, I don't like that kind of wishy-washy character. It's like, pick one and go forward with your life, you know? And I always had this, like thought in the back of my head that it's because he has some sort of weird Kryptonian fetish. You know? <laughs> it's like you know, that, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, the whole thing that Lucy's dad was saying that he attaches himself to important people because he feels like that makes him special. And so, in a way, Guardian helped expunge that because it's like he's trying to make, you know, his own move in the world so he doesn't need to just be like a hanger-on to other people. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, it felt useless, A, like to James's point, and B, it just felt like such a weird 180 for his character to suddenly decide to do that. And it really felt, and it took up so many episodes with the, and the whole useless need for him to keep it secret from Kara, which was another thing that just led to like stupid drama for like, I don't know, six episodes or something until they actually come clean to her. And I just kind of, uh just felt tedious, you know? And yeah, so... I really do hope that he retires that. I mean, if you want to like throw like, you know, five cent psychology at it, he gets dumped by a superhero and then suddenly becomes a superhero. Uh, I don't know. You could read a lot into that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and the other thing is, although I felt Wynn's transition made more sense, the fact that they that he has Lyra now as his girlfriend also, I think, speaks to the fact that the writers didn't really know what to do with him. It was just like, well, we feel kind of bad because, you know, he's been rejected a lot. You know, the one girlfriend he did have became a supervillain, which I'm sad she didn't show up this season. But, you know, it's like, let's give him this hot alien babe, you know. Let's let's put the uh, Buffy makeup actors to work, you yeah. know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's like, I, I agree with James that the, the win, Jimmy... James and Jimmy. The the win uh, Jimmy bromance was kind of interesting to watch, but they could have done that within the confines of Catco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, have have them together learn how to run this company or or, or something like that. It just I, I don't know. It just I think they failed of all the characters. Those two were failed the most yeah. this season. Yeah, no, and I think it is because they didn't know what to do with Catco without Cat Grant, and I think that they were making a lot of decisions just as they thought of them, and so once they had gotten rid of Win at Catco, they couldn't bring him back, you know, even if they thought better of it later, and once they had decided to move, you know, they're like, oh crap, well, there's no Cat, do we really think that any of the Catco, like, stuff is going to be interesting? Well, not really, uh, so maybe let's have Jimmy, because we like the actor, let's have him be a superhero instead of, you know, showing him just filling Cat's shoes and uh but you know we'll have snapper just to be Kara's contact at the place yeah. so that we still contain contain some connection you know and it was i don't know i think they just were kind of just throwing stuff out there it kind of feels like and i'm just not thinking of this but it kind of feels like that they think the cw's audience is a little bit dumber or, or has shorter attention spans than cbs's 
Probably. Yeah. That the only thing we'll pay attention to is superheroes, you know? Ooh, that, that could be part of it. <laughs> but I do have a short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that was the right thing. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we had that. Of course, we have Manel coming in now as uh, one of the new characters. You know, uh, the only criticism I read, well, other than the fact that there are, I do, I do agree with some people that Monel in some cases was overshadowing Kara, which was kind of a problem. But I feel like towards the end of the season, they figured out the right dynamic to have with those two, so that she was still the star and the hero of the show, and that he was a supporting character for her. I mean, to the full-blown fact of at the end, he's the damsel in distress that she's got to rescue, which I thought was. Which I thought was nice. I like the idea of his character a lot, of someone who was kind of raised in an environment where some, you know, less scrupulous things went on, and he just kind of, you know, like, I think most people would. If you were the prince of this kingdom, and just everything was easy for you, you would turn a blind eye to all the bad stuff that was going on around you. You know, it it takes incentive to want to make change, in most cases, right? There, I mean, there are some exceptional individuals that go above and beyond that, but in most cases, that's, you know, what's needed. But then to come to another place and to sort of re-examine his life in the context of what he sees with Kara and what she does and everything else, you know, I, you know, I like that. I like that whole progression. I feel like it was a little too quick. It's probably my only criticism of it, that he changed very quickly. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Well, he had a certain reason for changing, so... No, but I don't feel like it was all about getting the girl, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could make that argument, but it wasn't just because... Because he even says before, I mean, even before they're dating, he doesn't want to talk about his parents. And she says something like, wouldn't you like it if your dad was still alive? And he was like, no, he was a horrible person. So, I mean, he recognizes that there were bad things going on back home, you know, even without being like her boyfriend. Okay, so, like, we've had this discussion, this nature versus nurture discussion before, you know, Fitz and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and so forth, and to argue your side of it for a moment, I I do think that maybe there's this base goodness in Mon-El that Mm. that was there, that was always there, that wanted to be better than he was, and he was just waiting for the opportunity, the inspiration, and he found it in Kara. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I, 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 I just, again, we saw some of his sort of... You know, he's kind of like a, a dude bro, you know, right in the beginning, right? You know, he wants to, you know, show off, you know, uh, goes to the bars. He wants to do arm wrestling and stuff, prove that he's the big man. You know, <laughs> we see him when he when he wants to get employment, he becomes like a low-level enforcer for the mob. Uh, you know, we see some of the side of him. And it does seem like that it's a little quick that he kind of turns over a new leaf completely. But I did like the fact that there was a progression. It, it's quick, but you're never going to have a better chance to reinvent yourself than coming to a brand new world where literally everyone's <laughs> an entire different species. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's a good I'll point. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are saying, like, uh, either either depending on how they feel about Monel, that, whoo, we finally got rid of him, or, oh, no, I really liked him. But does anyone really believe that he's gone? No. Not for a second. <laughs> right. I saw people reacting on the internet like, you know, he's gone, and I'm like, why include him flying into a wormhole then at the end of it if that isn't going to be a plot point 
next exactly. season of having to rescue Monel yeah. from whatever horrible situation he winds up in. Well, he can't come back to Earth because he's going to get poisoned along with the rest of the human race. Okay, yeah, let's not start talking about releasing lead into the atmosphere because, <laughs> oh my god, because it's like, you know... <laughs> There are no safe levels of lead in your body. This is something that, you know, especially with the crisis in Flint going on, you know, people have been saying that, you know, doctors have been saying this. There's no amount of lead that's good for you. It's like, oh, it'll be an amount that's that's lethal to Daxamites, but it's perfectly fine for regular humans. And I'm like, there is no such level. But it's okay. It's a comic book show. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that, that does go into the whole, you know, the poison is the dose or the dosage is the poison but um <laughs> i don't know just, just whether or not he's gonna be back i think really as long as mon the actor is dating uh melissa right. then yeah he's gonna be around if anything ever happens to that relationship then i suspect we're gonna find he's gonna not just disappear down a wormhole but you know die horribly yeah <laughs> well yeah you know because i was expecting to see cat's son back but once i found out that melissa was uh divorcing her husband which is who cat's son was i was like oh well then maybe not we're never we're not gonna see those two again <laughs> yeah so yeah that's just all kinds of awkward but anyway <laughs> but yeah the lead is superhero logic or super com- comic book right. logic you know? right exactly yeah so how do you guys feel about all the Jeremiah stuff that was going on this season? He should have been Cyborg Superman. I agree with that. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I get name because, you know, Hank Henshaw is Cyborg Superman in the comics. But the fact of the matter is, you know, Cyborg Superman ought to bear some resemblance to actual Superman. <laughs> Otherwise, why call yourself Cyborg Superman? You know, you're just cyborg. Yeah, you're just a cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, cyborg dude with an axe to grind. (laughs) But uh, but he was kind of a cyborg also, so you know, yeah, he had the whole fake arm. So I never felt like we got really a resolution of of his whole story. I mean, it ended in such a way, and, and maybe I'm forgetting something or missing something. But while it ended in such a manner that we know that yes, he loved his daughters, there's still a question towards his loyalty. And mm-hmm. whose side he's on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, from the moment he showed up in that one and freed Kara and Monel, I was yeah. like, he had free run of the place. You know, it wasn't like he was tied up somewhere. So I already knew he had been compromised. Because it's like, if you have a prisoner, you don't let them have free run of your installation. So, uh, you know, I... I I felt like the episode where Monel had to point out to everybody that this was all suspicious was really bad writing because everyone else, including Jean, had to be an idiot. You know, I can understand, like, with Kara and Alex and their mom, you know, all just being so happy that they don't think about it critically, but come on, John, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the fact that John wouldn't have even tried to mind read him, you know, and find out that he had been yeah. blocked, you know, I mean, it was, it was a little hard to take and it was just so that they could make Monel look like a jerk to everybody, which again was this sort of like, let's ramp up the drama to 11 kind of thing. And I, I didn't appreciate that at all. I do like the idea. In fact, I wish they had actually pushed it more, that he had truly been converted to a true believer in... Oh, what's Cadmus. the mom? Uh, what's the... Well, yeah, Cadmus. I was trying to think of the mom, Mama Luther's name and her oh, name was... Uh, Lillian. Luther. 
Lillian Luther. It's Lillian, right? <laughs> yeah, but Mrs. Luther, if you're nasty. Right. <laughs> you know, that he had truly been converted to her cause, because I thought that would be a lot more dramatic than the sort of wishy-washy thing that we got of, you know... I'm kind of sort of doing it under duress, but I'm kind of okay with them just rounding, you know, aliens up and shooting them off planet, you know, (laughs) kind of, sort of, it's okay thing that, you're right, I mean, we never got a real resolution to where he even stands on anything. But, I think the true crime here is that he did not have any scenes with Terry Hatcher. I felt like Jeremiah ought to have been part of Lillian's plan in some way, just so that we could have had a scene with him and Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Ryan obviously disagrees. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, yes and no. I mean, I enjoy the fan service as much as anyone else, but I don't. This show has a habit of just going to the taking it to eleven. Uh, you know, I, I, they brought out everyone that can next season we'll probably have tom welling and michael uh rosenbaum i mean (laughs) or john glover it's it's just yes it's neat but (laughs) i don't know how much do we need before it just takes over the show okay but i will say this the best fan service so far has been when they had the crossover and ray kept on insisting that kara looks like his cousin yeah (laughs) (laughs) because that was such a nice inside joke to him being superman (laughs) but anyway okay that was different yes yes Yes, but anyway (laughs) so we talked a little bit about lena earlier with the five questions I think we talked enough. <laughs> you think we talked enough about Lena? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like just having someone that's... I mean, somebody uh, somebody was arguing to me that she was kind of taking the cat role as a mentor to Kara, but I didn't really feel like she ever really mentored Kara. I mean, if anything, it was just like they were... She, Kara was were emotional equals. support to, to Lena. Yeah, they were equals. Uh, there, were, there was no yeah. mentor. To be a mentor, you have to be a... But it is a position above the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I never got that there was a mentor relationship, and I just felt like the friendship had no... It was like she sees her, like, right off the bat and decides, you're going to be my bestie now. You know, and it, was, it, it seemed awkward and forced. It's like she took over the role that Maggie had played in season one. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And yeah, so... Uh, and, and, you know, so I very early on latched onto this idea that she was playing her because I'm like, it's the only way this makes sense. And then just watching as things have gone on through the whole season where it's just been kind of like, especially with the whole thing where her boyfriend dies and they seem to be setting almost up that, or her ex-boyfriend, that they are going to use that if they're going to ever leverage Lena into being a villain, they're going to make that the starting point. And... You know, it just to me, it seems like it's been kind of like a waste of her character up to this point, where she's just been kind of treading water and not really doing much of anything. She's very wishy-washy. She needs to make up her mind. Yeah, I mean, although I definitely see the Terry Hatcher thing where she was playing her as being something that if she does find out that Kara is Supergirl, this is why I don't think she does know now, and finds out that Kara's also been lying to her, then that might actually push her into her mother's direction. Yeah. So I think that they've set the now, again, I I feel like they didn't know where they were going in the beginning of the season, and actually for most of the season, I feel like those last few episodes were setting up some kind of clear directions that they're thinking of going this next season, and I think that's one of them. They finally have a plan. Right. <laughs> Better than the silence. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's just it. Is like that. I, I think. I think if I had to like summarize generally my whole feeling over this this season was it just felt like there wasn't much of a plan. Like mm-hmm. they had a beginning, they had an end. They weren't really sure what to do with the middle. And so they just threw a bunch of random crap out there just to see how people felt and reacted to it or how like the characters like interacted with each other. And and admittedly, like that that is how Lena Luther like felt by the end. It was just like we're in this weird, like middle grayish area about where she is and, and everything you said, like I'm totally with you, Nathan. I'm like I'm like like like, there's got to be a tipping point. There's got to be a tipping point where she just goes nuts. Like, where's it at? And and I keep waiting for it. And they just keep holding me in suspense. And I'm like, I kind of hate whoever's writing this right now. <laughs> well, I mean, overall, I, I do like the character, though. I think, I think it's important that, like, Kara has all these male friends. Mm-hmm. Like, the only real female friend you see her interact with is her own sister, which is great that they have this, you know, this, this wonderful sister relationship. But at the same time, like, it's kind of odd that she doesn't have more female friends. She needs to get out more. Yeah, like, right? Well, and that's the thing, though. I am totally okay with that, but I feel like writing-wise... They either should have introduced somebody that she already knew or B, give us a good setup for why these two people come together and have this relationship other than Lena just decides magically to take a shine to Kara and instantly their besties. You know, that's why I just felt like, you know, they they could have set up the relationship a lot better and given it more basis. Definitely. So is I the only one who was really annoyed by their depiction of Mr. McSee Spitler? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How about you, James? I don't know. It was just hard for me to pay attention to the character in any kind of seriousness because the whole time. So my 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 wife watched Glee like Mm. every friggin' season of it, and so that's all I kept seeing. Like every time, like he was on screen, I was like, "That's the Glee guy." I don't care what he says his name is. It's the Glee guy. And so it was just super distracting for me. But I mean, I enjoyed it overall. Like, I thought it was interesting. But it, again, like, I don't know. It was just odd. With all the other filler crap they did, like, it just, like, something about it just didn't, like, it felt like an interruption to me. (laughs) So I was just like, this guy. It was a setup for the musical episode so that Kara and Monel could be on the outs and have relationship problems and all this stuff. And it's like, why, why, when you're going to have another omnipotent being showing up in another episode or two, do you need, you know what I'm saying? It felt, again, like they don't plan very well, like, across even the shows when they want to do crossovers because it's like right. you know we, we we just had a omnipotent being let's have another omnipotent being. you know i mean I don't know. Uh, it was annoying i also didn't feel like they depicted him right he's always been this little imp and it's like yeah. let's make him a hottie you know it just felt weird he's supposed to be the Affleck duck <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you know, I'm not sure that Gilbert Godfrey does voice the Affleck duck, but you're right. The voice does sound. He, he used to. <laughs> oh, until, did he? He okay. to, until he insulted Jewish people. Oh, okay. So, based, though, if they had made the character Gilbert Godfrey, 
I'd have been all in, like all chips in. I'd have been sold for it. No, that's what I wanted. That's what I kept saying is Gilbert Gottfried is Mr. Because, Me- you know, he was the voice in Superman, the animated series. And I'm like, that was like the perfect depiction of that character. And to just mm-hmm. make him like this annoying nuisance that just drives Kara up the wall. Instead of this guy proposing marriage, just make him this annoying nuisance that just drives her up the wall, just makes weird crap happen around her all the time just because he likes messing with her. That would have been perfect. But, yeah, the whole, like, I love you and, you know, let's get married just to create this tension with Monel that was going on. It was just like, oh, it's just painful. Yeah, because if it was Superman, it would have been like that. But because it was Supergirl, it has to be like a stalker creeper type. And I was just like, this just grates so much. And it's... Well, and it's an interesting point. And, I mean, it's one of the things because it's like, I know a lot of women who are put off by Supergirl. But then I know a lot of the show. And I know a lot of other women who really enjoy it. And and you're each looking at different aspects of the show. Because, like, you know, some women get really annoyed by, like, the tropes and things that they stick into Supergirl because they find it patronizing. And then there are other people who see the sort of uh, themes of female empowerment and everything else. And they're saying, hey, you know, this is actually a very pro-woman show. And it's kind of an interesting dichotomy to me about how people feel about that. So, Beth, how do you feel overall about... Supergirl in that context. Sometimes I feel a little bit of both. It depends on how they handle it. There are definitely some episodes where I feel like they're handing me, oh, here's this moral message on a silver platter. Please take this from us, because you are too dumb to, to figure it out on your own. And and Mixie Spitlick was definitely one of those where, where I was like, oh, women have these horrible problems with stalkers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to punch him in the face, and I'm going to leave this room right now, because this, this episode is just pissing me off. <laughs> But there's other ones where I just there's the empowerment that the mm-hmm. forefront of anything else. But it's it's a it's a good mix. Some episodes they get it, and other ones they don't. So it depends on who's writing it, I guess. Well, yeah, and it's probably a bad thing that, as with most television shows, most of the writers are male. So even though it is a female character, you know, there's a lot of men trying to write for women's issues, and so sometimes I think there are some wires crossed. Ah, men's please. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, at least from my perception, which admittedly does come from a male standpoint, it seems to me the show is more positive in that regard than anything else. But I also do get annoyed by the... I don't need the issues. I I, I prefer a little more subtlety. Yes. <laughs> than outright. Again. Like, yeah. CW viewer versus CBS viewer. <laughs> right. It does feel like it's a little dumbed down sometimes. <laughs> Even to the point that I feel like because I I feel like the last couple of episodes tried too hard to tie into modern politics and actually ended up like screwing up their own message. Because the whole thing of, oh, okay, Linda Carter, you know, is playing the female president, and she's awesome because she's a woman, but then she just flies towards the alien spaceship, putting everyone's life on Air Force One at risk with no backup plan, and uh, they all get murdered because of her poor decision except for Kat and herself. Oh. Oops. Wait. Yeah, I felt like that was like... I didn't even understand, because I thought for sure there was going to be something like she had augmented Air Force One with alien technology, and it was going to have, like, shields, and they're going to fire at the, you know, Daxamite ship, (laughs) and it was going to be this awesome, like, battle, and it was just like, oh, she had no plan at all other than to just have a pissing match with Terry Hatcher. 
okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really fit into the message you're trying to say here, but okay. Uh, I, I had real problems with that. Uh, I don't know. That's, I, I feel like that's kind of a, um, a dangerous path to take that, that however I respond to this is the wrong, <laughs> it, someone can interpret it the wrong way or, or the right way. So I, sure. I, I kind of, I think I'm going to choose to say nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> except to say that when they mess up when the, at, overall, when the show messes up and even I can see a problem, then I know it's a problem. It's like, well, if I, if that pops out at me and usually my wife has to go hey, you know, explain these things to me, then I know something's wrong here. You know? Yeah. I mean, and even the whole uh, cat thing at the end with resist, I was like, it's a little bit different when you're saying resist to like social issues than it is against armed, like, you know, aliens with superior technology. You know, you might want to be a little more subtle in your resistance in that case so that people don't get needlessly murdered out of hand, you know, just a little, just a little bit of a different circumstance. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, beyond the whole resistance idea, but you need to be smart about it. You need to organize. You need to, you know, have good tactics, not just resist in any way, shape, or form. You know, that's she may a good well way to get said, killed. She may as well have just said, attention, meat shields, go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 again, I felt like it was too simplistic in its hey, attitudes. Maybe Earth 37 or whatever it is, is really into the Second Amendment, okay? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, well, could be. So now I'm thinking of making history, and it's just hilarious. Uh, okay. <laughs> We're never talking about that show. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Trolls. But then, the, of course, then the White Martians show up to help, and they're all badly CG'd and moving in synchronicity. Uh, <laughs> good just, idea, though. Yeah, it was, it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it looked to me like they had just copied and pasted the same, like, CG <laughs> character. Thankfully, they only showed them for, like, three seconds, but, yeah. But, uh, anyway. See, that's how they saved the budget. They knocked him out for a couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was true. <laughs> he just became Professor X. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, man. So, how, uh, how do you guys feel about Hank and the real Hank? And Lillian Luther, but you know, as far as the sort of the main background villains for the whole season, even though Terry Hatcher comes front and center at the end, I think I ended up not caring about Cyborg. <laughs> like I yeah. just didn't feel like they did enough with him <laughs> mm-hmm. to make him compelling beyond being just like he just felt like a henchman. Yeah. That was it. That's all he felt like to me. I was like, oh, he's a henchman who's powerful enough that he could probably kill just about everybody around him. No problems. But yeah, they just like, I don't know. I felt like they just sidelined the character. It was just like, he had one really imposing like threat to them. And then after that, it was just like, oh, he's just dangerous. We'll keep an eye on him. And that was it. Like, I just, I don't know. I was really let down with like how much of an imposing character he was and what they decided not to do with that character. Yeah, they had a moment where it was like, oh gosh, this guy could actually kill Kara, and then the next thing you know, he's, like, disappearing. So it's like, yeah, I can kill you, so have fun for the next, you know, ten weeks of your life. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even um, the actor, David uh, Harewood, I think, is like has say, stated that he hated playing the character. That he knew when he got scripts that he was going to be playing you know, Cyborg, that it was going to be a bad day for him. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, he's playing it as just, I just have a really gruff voice. And you a know. stupid mask on. <laughs> my eye is too expensive. Uh, uh, right, yeah, the CG for his face being ripped off is too much, so he has to wear that Phantom of the Opera mask, which just looks stupid. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought the idea was a great one. Because, you know, the real Hank Henshaw, you know, I, I suspected he hadn't died. And I was like, they could always bring him back and do something with that. And the idea that he hates Jean for stealing his life, you know, perfect idea. But, yeah, they just didn't do anything with him. Like, either from a character standpoint or, you know, even, like, from what James was saying, like, even power-wise, other than his first appearance. He doesn't really have much of a physical presence either, and it's incredibly disappointing, especially since they've blown up Metallo now. So there's kind of a vacuum there for really powerful heavy hitters that can go toe-to-toe with with Kara, unless they want to bring in Lobo, which I'm perfectly fine with. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying since day one, Lobo would fit in on this show, and his whole misogynistic attitudes would be really good for working in the themes they like to deal with. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, anyway. It all depends on who they cast. Well, true. true. But I think the potential is there to make yeah, it really I, fun. You know, uh, very similar. Again, I always go back to the Superman animated series, but that is like one of my loves from not really my childhood, more of my late teens, but that the episode where Superman meets Lobo is just perfect because of the just huge clash of their attitudes about everything. And just adding the fact that Kara is female into it would just make it, would just give it just one more thing. But otherwise, just do basically that story. (laughs) And it would just be perfect. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. Until then, we just have fanfic. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> no, it's like whenever, whenever we finish a show that, that like doesn't end well, I'm like, let the fanfic commence. So like until we have it, fanfic writers have fun. <laughs> Just yeah. don't go no. weird on us. Yeah, right? no, but see, that's the Not problem. That kind of that's the problem. Fanfic quickly becomes slash fanfic, and yeah. then that's not. Well, that's why I didn't say slash. <laughs> I know, but it's almost implied anymore when you say fanfic. Don't do the thing. Don't make them do the thing. Oh man! Um. Subliminal messaging. Subliminal messaging. You're. 42 cast PSA. (laughs) (laughs) I was disappointed when Kevin Sorbo died. And I'm sorry I don't know his character's name or Terry Hatcher's. I'll just refer to them as the actors. Mr. Dad. But I did. Yeah, Dax (laughs) Mike King. Daddy Dax. Because I do have a lot of love for that old Hercules show. Um, And I did like the fact that it was like he was kind of like. You know, I I hate that my son is doing this, and I love him, but it's his decision to make, so we're just gonna go. And then you have Terry Hatcher being, like, the true, like, insane person, like, being like, no. <laughs> In fact, I will kill you for having this idea, you know? And, and, and she just brought a whole lot, I mean, we talked about this a little bit already in the five questions, or, or no, I guess it was in the intro uh, that that she was uh, that she just brought a whole uh, charisma to her villainy 
she just played a villainess really well, yeah. which I've never really thought that highly of Terry Hatcher. I loved Lois and Clark, you know. I did watch that show, but sure, the the Lois Lane character that she played wasn't really you know, an amazing character, um, to be fair. And I haven't, I've seen her from time to time in other things, but never like anything I watched regularly. So I was really, I, I really enjoyed, uh, seeing her do this because she, she chewed the scenery and she had fun doing it and it was fun to watch. Well, a lot of actors say that they enjoy playing villains more often because mm. they're just more fun. I think she had a yeah. lot of fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I knew she was going to do the the Lena and Monel marriage thing. Like, as uh, soon as yes. she was taking a shine to Lena, I was like, oh, my God. And I knew how it was going to go. I was like, the whole thing of the symbolic coming together of two, you know, uh, groups. And I was like, oh, God, she's pan-picking Lena as Monel's wife. <laughs> and, just, uh, and just to be, like, that total psycho mom, you know? It's like, I'm even going to pick out your wife for you, honey, you know? This is your pair of clothes today. Her name is Lena. Lena. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she she became that in-law that we're all afraid of right. you know, that, that, you, <laughs> that you see in all the movies right. <laughs> yeah although i will say that again i feel like even though i like the directions they went with a lot of things in the end of the season there were some decisions that were really stupid and came out of left field one of those being that the Daxamite Queen had kryptonite in her blood. Because it's like, unless her skin is lined with lead, which we know isn't possible because they're allergic to it, <laughs> that Kara should have felt that kryptonite anytime she was close to her. You know, anytime she, they were in the same room together, she should have been like, oh, you know. And instead, the only time she did have that reaction, she had a kryptonite knife. Well, they, they've established that there are variants in kryptonite. So it could be that the blood kryptonite is more of a biological compound that she doesn't detect. Yeah, seems fishy. <laughs> oh, because I, everything else I reject your it. science <laughs> argument. <laughs> I don't think that... Nah. So, nah. Okay, so, so we had silver kryptonite, right? So, first of all, I don't know why she didn't just use the silver kryptonite on Kara 2, but beyond that, that that goes to the whole slugfest with Superman. And was I the only one who felt like they felt compelled to make her both physically stronger than Superman when that wasn't really necessary when she could have won by, you know, through intelligence, through strategy, through other means? Because they also brought out later that even from a sort of a willpower standpoint or a moral standpoint she you know clark tells her you know i wouldn't have been able to like sacrifice lois for the world you know you have that capacity to sacrifice even your your love to save the world because you understand that there are you know greater things out you know the, the more important than your own happiness and i felt like that was a, you know she doesn't have to be superior in every way to be the star of the show it's the the catch twenty two of the show where, it, <laughs> yes, it may, maybe it goes too far, but at the same time, if they don't go that far, then they're accused of not going far enough. Mm. Um, it, her name is is in the it, the title of the show. It is called Supergirl, and it, it's kind of how I feel like to go back all the way to season one when they addressed uh, you know the fact that she was Supergirl and not Superwoman. You know what, what's wrong with being a girl? Well, a girl is the child form mm. of a woman so yes there's something wrong with that in that sense you know right. but uh, so it's i, I, it's I agree of, with you on that yeah <laughs> so it's more of a licensing writing. issue really why the show is called that but 
but yes, I agree that, you know, same reason we don't call Superman Superboy, you know, one's a diminutive form of the other, but anyway. And by the same, but by the same logic, if they allowed Superman, even, you know, Silver Kryptonite Superman to defeat Kara, then suddenly it's it's another thing so i i I have to appreciate that delicate balance that they're trying to keep having said that i didn't really mind Kara winning because it's not like just because she won that time she would win every time you know circumstances change and maybe he was just it was just an off day for him i know he said he wasn't pulling his punches Mm -hmm. but uh, that doesn't mean that just under on, on different terrain that he might not have won. So what? So she won this one, maybe the next round in his spinoff show, he'll win. <laughs> I kept screaming at the show. This is not how you're going to beat him. You have to use your brain. Right. Yeah. And well, yeah, because I felt a slugfest. Yeah, I felt like a slugfest wasn't the right. Because look, I mean, okay, they're both Kryptonians, so their muscle mass is just as dense. He's got more muscle, and he's been doing this longer. So in my mind, the two ways that you normally defeat an opponent, either through superior pure raw strength or through tactical intelligence, you know, he has the edge on her. Uh, So, you know, it's like she would need to be really clever or sly, you know, do something tricky to defeat him. Yeah, it's how Batman beats Superman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, again, saying she's the smarter of the two of them. and That's perfectly fine. Right, that's perfectly fine. Right, exactly. She still beats him. Right? (laughs) Like, you could have level 10 strength and she can have level 9, and that's still fine. But if she uses her smarts to defeat him, where he's a little bit impaired because he's going, like, mad from the silver kryptonite, that's still valid. It's still a valid victory, but she didn't use that, which still is just, it doesn't make any sense. It's a minor point, obviously, but it was something that I felt like... It felt wrong. It felt wrong, right, exactly. It didn't feel wrong to me, but yes, I agree, it's a missed opportunity, and it would have been better writing to have done that that way, but then you have to admit that from this season, we're just lucky that it wasn't Guardian who showed up and defeated Superman. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh. Well, I think part of the problem, though, with this is this falls into something that I have I have developed as like a trope of the series that I've I've kind of started to take a little bit of issue with, which is Kara can't seem to lose. Like, I mean, what losses she does have are usually minor and she comes out on top. But there's never been any moment in the show where I've been compelled to be like, oh, well, like. Even she when can't, she loses she her can't job. She can't way through this. And that's what they've really developed with this character. Is it feels like she literally just punches her way through everything. Mm. Like, no matter what the problem is, like, it's always solved by, like, some sort of brute force. I don't think they've done a good job of taking advantage of the fact that Kara, outside of being Supergirl in her everyday life has to use her head like mm-hmm. she has a lot of competitors out there like she she's decided to be a journalist like that doesn't that doesn't take somebody who just punches their way th- you know it takes somebody with a keen with, with a keen eye and and a wise mind to write something you know that that the people can get behind so i'm really upset that in this season we really didn't see more of that we really didn't see her as as said, that more intellectual individual who overcomes more issues by her intellect than just pure raw strength. Well, I don't like the fact that we've only really focused on her being a reporter for one episode. You know, not just talking about an article that she's written, but actually showing her going through and doing the reporting. We've had one episode, just one. And that was the episode where she gets to come out on top from her decision to publish something. You know, Kako <laughs> was perfectly within their rights to fire her when they fired her. And that mm-hmm. could have been an actual legitimate thing, you know, 
that to, to sort of progress her character but again even that it's like it's overturned within the span of a couple of episodes she gets hired back you know and it's and it really seems like even when she apologizes to snapper and says i didn't do the right thing you get the feeling that she's like hey i knew what was up because i'm really supergirl so it was totally the right thing to publish that thing but i just have to <laughs> apologize to snapper just to you know because just to, to keep up appearances and get my job back you know <laughs> it was like i don't know i, I think the the series the almost touched on this they they i think they were so close in the one episode where alex gets kidnapped mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. sukara and maggie have to team up and they're they're coming at it from different styles cars like she thinks she can punch her way mm-hmm. you know to to save to end through a solution whereas of course then alex is kidnapped and then maggie thinks it's all about punching and that would have been a good chance to, to show that there is more than one way to resolve an issue superpowers alone might not be the way to go and that Kara can lose, and that you know, and she can be hurt in a way that's beyond just the physical. And then at the very end, they drop the ball on it. Right. No, I, I agree with you because I thought the same thing as we were going through that episode. I'm like, finally, someone really is coming at Maro, Kara from a, 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 some some form of authority and being able to tell her, no, you're wrong about this. And yeah, and and then we that. We totally dropped the ball at the end of that one. And and that's been my thing is it's like, I like her. I like the character. I like what they're doing with the show overall. But it's like you create a better character when you give them actual foibles, you know, things that they get wrong. It, it does not do a service to your character to make them completely perfect and always right about everything and always able to solve things fairly easily like james was saying like she just punches her way through everything you know let let her be wrong sometimes let some of the other characters teach her something and and not just about you know cat sitting down with her for a lunch where she says now remember you know because we're girls we're not allowed to show anger you know which (laughs) it's another one of those ones that felt to some people a little patronizing and to others i know other people have lauded that and been like right on because you know there there are women who feel that but uh, to me that one came off as very patronizing but anyway (laughs) (laughs) you know who else shouldn't be allowed to give her advice james Oh God! He's on no pedestal right now. <laughs> oh, James. He shouldn't give anyone any advice when it comes down to it. I, I, yeah, James. You know, <laughs> who, who, who actually likes Lyra? Uh, cricket chirp. Uh, I don't. Is there a cricket chirp sound effect here? Does anyone like Lyra? Because <laughs> it feels like just an excuse to keep the Buffy vampire makeup people in. in... <laughs> <laughs> employed I mean the fact that she doesn't show up on video cameras I was like oh my god she is a vampire <laughs> but no I mean you know once they revealed that she was playing Win, I was like oh this is interesting okay it makes sense it just shows what great taste Win has in women right <laughs> but then it was like oh no you know it was, she was she was under duress and you know uh once you know the, you know she gets out of it it's like oh no she's totally into Win. it feels like they don't really know what to do with Win's character either and they're just like we'll just throw this at him and i don't know i i it felt like another unnatural relationship to me in the show uh, t- it was too easy <laughs> He needs to remember who his father is, I think. Well, no, and that's that another thing. They, they keep the well yeah, they reference it, but they, they keep they, there were some great villain ideas in season one that haven't appeared. I thought having Silver Banshee back would have been nice. And no, she No, I mean appear. as like remember as in like have him follow that 
betrayal. Oh, you mean have Wynn become like Toymaker 2? Maybe. That would be messed up. Yes! <laughs> Toymaker Jr. Uh, I don't know. I like Wynn. <laughs> I don't want to see him be a villain. <laughs> they can go that route, but they can't do... They can't kill Wynn. They can't make him evil until I get my scene with Wynn, Cisco, and Felicity all in the same room together. Uh. After that, I don't care what they do. <laughs> <laughs> what about Curtis? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Ray Palmer. <laughs> no, no, don't need him. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so, um, I think we've covered just about everybody but Alex. Did I miss anybody else but Alex? And arguably, she had the biggest, you know, arc in the entire right. season. Her, her character changed, and everyone else didn't. Yeah, her character did have a ton of growth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And there was a lot of... There was a lot going on for Alex, of course. I, I felt like a few times that it went into way melodrama territory, but... Um, it's the CW, what do you well, think? I, I know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like when the whole, like, she's... Like, in the beginning, when she's having trouble with Maggie, but then they resolve it by the end of the episode, it's like, really? Can't you have anything that goes, like, more than one episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, with the actress that plays Maggie not coming back for season three, or at least as a, a regular, I, that suggests something's going to happen to shake it up. Really? Yeah. I hadn't read that. Right, row. <laughs> I, I thought for sure, like, with them doing the whole, like, let's get married thing, that she was definitely, like, signed for another season. I guess she said no. Well, yeah. Something, <laughs> yeah, something's going to come up with that. Maybe something's going to go boom. <laughs> Maybe uh, Maxwell Lord comes back and Alex is like, oh, wait. I was wrong. <laughs> I like I'm conflicted. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, it would be just another realm of discovery for her. It's like, uh, I'm actually bi, you know? <laughs> I, I did like the chemistry between them in season one. I, I have to say, I, I did. I did like, that was one of the reasons why I liked him because it was one of those, he's shady and she knows that he's shady and she's smart enough not not to get in too deep, but you can tell that there was something She's there. That was, yeah, yeah, that there was a spark or something there, and I like that. Because, you know, usually when there's something like that, like, the female character can't control herself, right? And it's like, I know he's bad, but I love him, you know, and it's that kind of stupidity. I can change him! Right, exactly. <laughs> and I like the fact that they never brought Alex to that level, that it was just kind of like, you could see that she was kind of attracted to him, but at the same time, she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not going to go there because, you know, you're a sleazeball. You know? <laughs> so, um, but, uh, oh, that is interesting. Ah, you know, I I've been conflicted about some of the things with Alex. I mean, especially the whole thing when Jeremiah came back, because while it is her dad, I felt like. I felt like that required her to be kind of dumb, like I've already said, with, you know, everybody, because it's like, but at the same time, I've never had that experience to have had my father kidnapped by an evil organization, so I can't say what yeah, my reaction would have been, you know. <laughs> would I be thinking things logically, or would I just be like, oh, wow, you know. I mean, I'm trying to think, because, I mean, beyond the relationship with Maggie and the coming out, I mean, what what has Alex been doing this season? There was the stuff with Jeremiah, of course. Drowning. Truthfully, that's enough. No, true. No, <laughs> I, no I get you. Again, uh, it's lucky that 
<laughs> considering it became the Guardian show. <laughs> we're lucky we got that much. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they had to introduce Monel, which was a huge chunk. They had to transition James being Guardian. No, it's true. I mean, let's. I really think that what she did with when she was kidnapped was extremely clever. How she was, no. how she managed to stay alive, and she was a lot yeah. of ingenuity there. Yeah, no, I mean they definitely they definitely brought that out there. Uh, but again, it feels like Alex has been sidelined almost entirely just for the relationship side of things. Which, like Ryan said, there isn't a lot of time. I mean, it does feel like the cast is growing exponentially, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? so it's hard to give time to everybody. Oh, I guess the other character we haven't really talked about is Magan, which I thought was a great idea that was poorly executed. Again, just because she didn't really have the time to do... I mean, it's like, they introduce Magan, then by the end of the episode, they reveal she's a white Martian. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I would have liked more subterfuge. <laughs> they just don't know what to do with, uh, with um... Oh, gosh, I'm blinking. On uh, Hank. Mm. So... It... They seem to think that so love interest. That seems to be the, like their their go to <laughs> right. with all these characters. Yeah. You're either a love interest or you're a superhero. Mm. Or and both. If, if if Alex hadn't uh, <laughs> found Maggie, she probably would have gotten her own suit. <laughs> you know what she told me at C two E two last year? She told me that she wanted to be Batgirl. <laughs> 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 so that's probably what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> she would have become the dark vigilante of National City. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the other revelation that came to me from C2E2 was that Melissa told me that Kat's uh, calling Kara by, you know, three different names was totally an improvisation on her part and just, just had them all rolling on the floors laughing, and so they decided to keep it. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, she sure. can't be bothered to learn her real name. But, oh, ooh, but I love the fact that they revealed finally at the end that she still knows that she's Supergirl. They didn't reveal that. Yes, they did. When she walked oh, out yes, of the room, knows. when Kara walked out of the room, she says, go get him, Supergirl. Yeah, she knows. Wait, did she? Yeah. Yes. I'm not the only person who noticed. Go Google it. <laughs> yep. uh, other, yep. other people, yeah. Other people, other people have been writing about that, that. They finally revealed that she knows. Because... I, I never bought that John's thing that they did in the middle of season one, like, fooled her. I've always been like, because I loved it when she figured it out on her own in season one. And then I thought it was stupid that they had the John subterfuge. Because I was like, this can only be helpful to you, Kara. But I think it was because they just wanted to give her, like, a means of being able to deny it plausibly. You know, and I think that's what she's doing. She's just been playing, you know, along that, okay, she went to these lengths to try to hide it. So I'll play along, wink, wink, you know, knowing all the time that she's Supergirl, which I, I like even better. So Yeah, and it makes her not appear so stupid because she right. knows who, who that Kara <laughs> is Supergirl. She knows that Jimmy is being a moron. Right. And she knows that Clark <laughs> is Superman. I love that she was Anything like... Anything other than that would be an insult to her character. She was like, someone tell James Olsen that, you know, he doesn't belong in a suit like... My office like, smells like a gym. But you don't box. understand. She can't see Kara's eyes through the glasses. So how can she know? She clearly meant lowercase s Supergirl when she said that. No, no I don't know. I'm full of it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I have to go back and... I think I can go, go back and rewatch watch at least the last five minutes apparently the, the, the no, secret like, is is that when she speaks to Kara she avoids direct eye contact while making <laughs> it look like she actually looks at her but with Jimmy she just can't stop staring into those eyes <laughs> <laughs> but you know what in all honesty it begs the question if she knows Jimmy is Guardian and Kara is Supergirl does she know Clark is Superman yeah 
Yeah, I, I think that she that does. might be part of it, too. Why she's always after Clark is that she knows <laughs> that he's Superman. No, she alluded to the fact that she did. She alluded to that. It, she did not write state it, but she, she, she hinted at it. Yeah, didn't she say something like, who would be better in bed or something like that? Something, yeah, I can't remember I what remember she said. Yeah, something like that. But she said something, and I was like, oh, she knows. Yeah. She knows. I, I really hope Kat's back. <laughs> Although, I do feel like, and maybe it's just because she was only in a few episodes this season, it felt like the writing for her wasn't quite as strong as it was in season one. And I don't know, maybe that's just because Callisto's a little rusty on it or what but it just didn't seem to be quite as biting as it used to be and i do hope that they get that back because i loved her dialogue i mean she is always fun except for her defense of the whole supergirl thing because that was just stupid <laughs> i still felt like me, that was str- that was that was reaching way too far <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway. Go forth, me shields. That's the great. So yeah, we've mostly been talking about the show through characters. We kind of talked about the whole ending thing. Was there anything storyline wise that you guys wanted to talk about? I, the only thing, okay, I don't like the fact that National City is like alien hub, you know, ground zero, yeah. where there's just like one in four people is an alien, and everyone's cool with it now. <laughs> yes. When you know, six months ago, no one knew anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like know, watching man. Men in Black. It's like there's the secret yeah. alien stuff like everywhere you look. If you just like you know look underneath like the veneer, you have to find the glyphs yeah. on the wall with the UV lights. <laughs> okay, it's not Blade on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just if aliens have been this prominent, then how has the DEO been secret this long? Yeah, it, it just uh, yeah. <laughs> I, They've been spiked in the quibble. water. <laughs> And now they put lead in it, too. Well, you know, the DEO has a whole skyscraper in the middle of the city that, like, no one knew about last year, either. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, Kara, we've been taking you to our prison facility out, you know, on the edge of town. And it didn't tell you about our actual headquarters, which is right in the middle of town. What? (laughs) She can fly. Come on. (laughs) Well, it's quite the commute for for, uh, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else who was there. (laughs) Yeah, that just, yeah. What was cost savings measure? I'm trying not to be too harsh about things that are cost savings measures. I don't get how that one was a cost savings measure. It was just a matter of sets, internal sets, right? Well, yeah, but like a skyscraper (laughs) building is a lot easier to do than a cave. I mean, a cave is, you know, all custom, you know, crevices and things, whereas one is just straight lines, you know. And the caters don't have to drive so much. Expenditure. Well, true. I mean, I don't know why they got rid of the cave. I, I just, <laughs> I, in fact, I like that better. I mean, I, I guess they're trying to get away from the whole secret prisons thing that they've been like kind of chastised for across a lot of the Berlanti shows. You know, looking at you, Flash. But, uh, but we still know it's there. <laughs> You know, so just yeah. moving the show away from it doesn't really <sighs> doesn't. It's how they wrote out Lucy, you know, they left I, her there. Right. I mean, maybe maybe they just felt like they couldn't do caves anymore because that's Batman shtick. <laughs> 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 Could be. I, and now here's the thing, though. Now that they've revealed that Batman is on the same Earth as Kara, then I I definitely want to see uh, Batgirl rolling up into National City. Uh, I think that they should do like oh a girls' God. night, you know, episode. Please. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I don't need to see Batman because I think that's a little bit of a stretch because we we you know I mean he doesn't have the direct linkage there. Superman has the direct linkage, and then Batgirl and Supergirl would have a direct linkage. But I, I would like that. I would like Batgirl. Um, I think that would be fun. 
I was just going to say, I'd settle for Win having a online chat with Oracle or something mm. like that. Ooh. That would be nice. Mm. That's cool. That would Ooh. be nice. Berlanti crew, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please be listening to down. this. If, of course, they're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody listens to this. Come I was on. just tweeting to Chris Evans last night. <laughs> <laughs> Now, whether or not Chris Evans read what I tweeted, who knows, but <laughs> I just told him about a podcast that I did. <laughs> but uh, anyway, how about you, uh, James? Is there anything that uh, you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about already? No. I mean, I think I, I think I, I got it out of my system a, a bit when I talked about the whole like the the, the invulnerability issue with Kara uh, yeah. overall, like the fact that like she just never makes mistakes, no matter what. Like even when people are like, "It's a bad idea," by the end of the episode, it's just like it turns out for, her. Yeah. and she's just like, mm, "See, works for me." Yeah, you and I'm like, she, yeah. oh, like, come on, like. Like, it, like it, that's the number one thing I think that is missing from the series at this point. It, it, as you said earlier, Nathan, is is let Kara make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Let these people who are her friends and her peers be able to take a moment to like educate her and offer like that that experience of their own, or to offer advice that she learns from. And that's the deciding factor that makes her overcome things and win in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can drag that out, you know, either for an episode or, you know, over a couple of episodes kind of thing. You know, mix that in there. I think that's so much of the problem because, I mean, we've seen that in the other series that are out there. We've seen mm-hmm. that in Arrow where it took a while. It took a long freaking while. <laughs> but they finally got there with with Oliver where people are like, Oliver. That's a bad idea. That's not a good thing. And he finally like started kind of heeding their advice. You know, they do that in the Flash fairly consistently, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. even Barry has moments where, like, Barry can do no wrong. Right. But at if least he does, he'll fix it. At least if he doesn't time travel any again, ever again, we'll know he learned something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, that's a whole other thing I can get. <laughs> Like I blame I blame so many of my gripes with a lot of the CW series on Barry changing time. I'm like, that's it. That's what it is. Barry messed with time. That's why everything's just not right. right. <laughs> but yeah, like that's what I would like to see. That's what I want to see going forward with the next season. Is I want to see Kara actually fail. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see her actually go through that, not in the sense of like, oh, I failed in the sense I've lost this, you know, amazing relationship. I mean, trust me, that's a piece of the character, and it's a very, you know, critical part of the character in the fact that she has had that struggle. But I think we very much need the struggle of just because you're super, just because you got all the power in the world, doesn't mean you come through everything unscathed. Yeah, you know, there was, again, I'm going to bring it back to the Superman animated series. There was a great episode of the Superman animated series where it was all about someone died and he wasn't able to save them. And yeah, we kind of had that in season one of Supergirl, but they invented some character that we never saw before to do it. And it's like, that's <laughs> that's not the way to actually drive that point home, you know, because we didn't know who this person was, even though Kara, like, you know, cried about it for that episode. It doesn't seem to have left any kind of mark on her. You know, if there was ever a situation 
you know, kind of like the one with Alex, but with anyone else, where a beloved character or even just a reoccurring character dies at some point, and you know, Kara has to learn some lesson from that because it was some action that she took or something like that. It would be a sort of dark place to go, but at least then that would come from a point of, you know, showing like, how is it that she can have all this power and not always be able to do everything? It would at least create a basis for why she would need to learn a lesson. I think that could be kind of an interesting way to go. And if they don't have the guts to kill off someone, then they can at least have like be in the hospital for a long time. That's kind true. Of like with like with with what gargoyles did when they shot yeah. what's her face. Yeah, Elisa. Yeah. Elisa. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, I I agree. That's my I think that's been my problem with other shows too. Like one of the reasons why I never took to Enterprise <laughs> was that you know in that show it starts off with the Vulcans being like, "Hey, humans, these are the things you don't do when you go out into space." And what do they do? Like, right off the bat, they do all those things, and it works out for them. And I was just like, okay, no, this is just stupid, because, you know... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like things where it's like our heroes always succeed in everything that they do. It's just not... It's just not interesting. It's not good drama. But, uh, Beth, what about you? Is there anything on Supergirl that we haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about? Not that I can think of, but but then again, whenever I'm asked that question, I I just go, like, deer in headlights. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, how about anything you want to see in next season? (laughs) Okay, deer in headlights again. Moving on. I think we've been covered. I think it's been covered. I want them just to resolve some of the the missing pieces. Where did Lucy go? What Mm -hmm. happened to Lord? You know, just come back to that. Um, Decide if they're gonna, you know, what they're gonna do with Lena? A good guy, bad guy. Uh, just oh, let's make her a bad guy. That'd be so cool. <laughs> well, again, it's just I, that whole thing. It's just Smallville 2.0. But it, it, I feel like that this season it, they they were just so impressed that they got another season. That mm-hmm. yeah, like we've said, mm-hmm. they didn't really have any real course trajectory. It was still good. I still enjoyed the characters, but I would like more cohesion in season three. I kind of want them to. I don't know. I can't decide if I want more Linda Carter or less Linda Carter. Uh, I, I'm in the less category. <laughs> You're in the less category? Yeah, because oh, she plays I, I, that role so woodenly, first off. It, it's, it, it's, it was nice that they had her on, and I thought that it was cool, and I love the fact that she made the joke about her other jet, but... Yeah. <laughs> she should have brought the other one to that uh, Right, crash. I know, that was the thing. I expected her to make Air Force One invisible, something! But anyway. <laughs> I think there's... But, yeah, but but I mean, it also opens a whole can of worms that she's the president, but she's lying about the fact that she's an alien, and I don't know, there's just all this stuff that I'm just kind of like, Ugh. Okay, that, that, that's not a problem, though. I mean, there's nothing that says, an, you know, uh, a non-human can't be president. Right, I know, you brought this up, like, if she's been around, oh, okay. or if she'd been around for uh, over 200 years, then she would be uh, grandfathered in as a citizen, because she was on American yeah. soil at that point. So, yeah, no, I know, she never said when her family came over, so you're right, <laughs> it's, there's potential there. I do feel, though, that it is a pretty big deception, though, and I feel that there's a sort of moral quandary there that is more so than when you're just an average Joe Q person like uh, Kara is in her civilian identity, and when you're being the president of the United States, that it just seems like, you know. So you know what they do is they, they play it up, and we find out not that Linda Carter 
is an alien, but we find out that like Van Buren was an alien, or like we've had like four <laughs> alien presidents. Or well, yeah, I mean that certainly does fit in with the whole Men in Black vibe that they're sort of going <laughs> yeah. with. So yeah, <laughs> Dennis Rodman's an alien, don't you know? <laughs> what if the humans are the real aliens? <laughs> oh yeah, let's make it Twilight Zone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, James, is there anything you want to see in the next season? Um, I mean, like I said, I really just want to see. I want to see better growth, like mm. a healthier growth mm. out of Kara, rather than just the invulnerability to ever making a mistake um, or doing things wrong. And when I say making a mistake, I mean, obviously she makes minor mistakes, but I mean something major, something that's really impactful to the character mm. that not only like affects her for an episode, but I mean, affects her for like the season like it's it's something that that is built upon and that she has to overcome that's really what i'm looking for at this point no. beyond that i mean i i do agree like i'd like to see more adelina luther like 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 yeah like let's make her a bad guy let's go down that route because i mean they've already alluded to it in so many reasons or not reasons sorry in so many other episodes where like they've had these these reasons um for why she could be that but like they haven't like fully gone that direction or explored it like take me to the dark side guys let's do this it would actually be really interesting to see it, though, as a progression instead of, you know, like I said, I originally thought that she was playing her from the beginning because, you know, we haven't really seen that in the era, any of the Berlanti shows. I mean, like, Chase, the season on Arrow, we find out, had all this stuff that happened to him because of what Oliver had done, you know, years ago. But we didn't see that progression, and he wasn't an established character before that. So it would be kind of nice to see that sort of, like, all the bad decisions that sort of lead from a character becoming someone who's kind of nice to being like this horrible person. So I, I think that would be, I think that would be a nice way to go. Yeah. Does anyone want Lex to show up? No, no, he's been done many times. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't mind Superman showing up to be the mentor for Kara, as long as he never overshadows her and they've done a perfect job i mean i'm still like amazed by how they've been able to bring him into it without having him overshadow her like the whole thing where he was in the beginning and the in the first beginning of the season where he was just asking like hey do you need help you know mm -hmm. like i i'm willing to assist if you feel like you need it kind of thing of you know and having that respect for her and everything has been perfect but i don't see a need for lex in the show Unless it is like uh, Lena does become a villain and at some point she teams up with Lex and then it has to be Kara and Superman teamed up against them. That's the only way I would even see a need for Lex in the show. But even that feels like you're just doing it just for the name recognition. Of, we have Lex yeah. Luthor in an episode. Woo! Yeah, it yeah. Of the week, now that you've said it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Berlanti writers don't do that. Right. It feels like <laughs> a crossover. If it was a comic book and Superman had, you know, Superman doesn't have his own show, but it's like if it's a comic book, it would feel like it's just an excuse for Supergirl and Superman to have like a two-part crossover as our yeah. villains teamed well, up. You know? Okay. You know, I, I will say that is one thing I, I wouldn't mind in season three. I wouldn't mind seeing more crossovers on on this end on earth 3012 or whatever it is yeah. i wouldn't mind seeing yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah like so, i was yeah, saying for yeah. batgirl to show up in national city would be awesome yeah no, no i just mean like other berlanti shows mm. and when i have yeah uh i know we had flash in an episode but let's get air or let's have the legends a couple of the legends show up mm. you know yeah they, on could, this they, earth. they pretty much mess up the timeline so they could appear yeah. anyway so yeah. not there it's, it's our turn to mess up your timeline now <laughs> 
they they broke a wall. They, they broke a hole through the the multiverse, maybe, so they can maybe pop up in there for a second. Well, yeah, another thing that the other thing they haven't played with yet, though, is seeing the established characters in their doppelgangers. Like we could have the Ray Palmer of Earth thirty seven show up in an episode of Supergirl and have him be maybe more like the super-powered Adam who doesn't need a suit. He just, you know, can shrink naturally, you know, as part of his power set. Or... Storm in water. Right. Or, and I've been saying this since the beginning, I know people are joking and I, and I have been kind of, like, bad about this, saying that I wanted to be in the authentic costume, but I've been saying have Power Girl show up on Earth-1. Now, I, I don't really mean in the Power Girl costume, but just because I like that sort of more mature version of... Kara, and I think that would be kind of interesting to say that they're, they're, that version of her is on Earth 1. I don't know. Mm. I just wanted to see me make that costume. I, I do want to see you make that costume, honey. <laughs> that's been like my number one dream costume for you, has been the Power Girl costume. <laughs> She's just shaking her head over here. Okay, so... <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, for me, I mean, I already mentioned it, Lobo, for sure. I want to yeah, see yeah. Lobo as a villain, uh, you know, two-parter. Um, I think if you're going to bring in Lobo, do it more than an episode, give it to. But uh, the other thing is, to Ryan's point, I really want to see those loose ends tied up. And I really wouldn't mind. I think there's room for Maxwell Lord and Lena Luthor. I don't think you have yes. to have one or the other. Uh, now, maybe the actor was like, if you're not going to give me, like, you know, a season contract, I'm just going to do my own. Maybe it was that kind of a thing, but, you know, you could definitely have them both. So, I'm not saying get rid of Lena, but bring in Maxwell Lord for a few episodes. You know, uh, I think that that's perfectly fine. And, in fact, we could even have them do stuff together. Um, have some sort of plan, some sort of thing that they're working on together. That would feel way, way more natural than Lex and Lena uh, working together. So... Yeah. And in fact, what would be kind of fun is if everyone suspects him of doing some horrible thing and actually Lena's the bad guy in the dynamic and is subverting something that he's trying to do, which is perfectly honest. <laughs> and the reveal is that she's uh. the one who's actually being the villain. That would be a great episode for her, like, coming out as a villain episode. So, Berlanti, give me a call. I got a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be fanfic. It's about to be like Berlanti writers hire this guy. Right. Oh, believe me, I'm there. If you guys hire me, I I will drop everything that I'm doing. <laughs> I I will write for you. That's not a problem. <laughs> well, I won't. Throw all the money you want at me. I have my pride. <laughs> <laughs> I have no pride in yeah, bad at no. writing, so please hire me. Right. <laughs> Perfect fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, they're adding a whole new show to the roster. You're gonna need more writers. Just come on. <laughs> I'll write for all of them. You know, I'll, I'll I'll do one or two for every show you've got, or more if you want. So you know. If that means I have to write for Riverdale, I'll do that too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, uh, here's the question though: They come to you and say we're making the Wonder Twins. Do you want to write it? <laughs> you know? Oh my god! Oh, no, you know what? Sign me up right yes, away. Yes, <laughs> I would write for Wonder Twins because I think I could do it better than they've ever been depicted before. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> all right, well... Ka-ching! Well, I think we've covered the full <laughs> gamut of Supergirl. Um, and then some. Yeah, and then some. 
And and don't worry, folks, we're going to cover all the Berlanti shows, uh, if we haven't already, because I don't know if this is going to be the last one released or the first one released or what. <laughs> yeah! You need to release them in order that they air, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, it depends on which weeks, because like last year, uh, Flash and Arrow came out the week before Supergirl yeah, and Legends, so I might do... Flash and Arrow, then Supergirl, then Legend, something like that. We'll see. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, um, let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find you. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Well, uh, as usual, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm not even saying till next time. I'm saying that, like the internet, I will never let you go. I'm always there. And just look for me and these fine, fine people's Facebook pages and websites, and I'll be there telling them why they're wrong. Or you can track me down at Geek Stranger uh, on Twitter, and from there go to my Facebook page. But mind you, on that, I'll tell you why you're wrong about your politics as well as uh, why you're wrong about nerdy things. And, uh, oh, of course, you can check GeekStranger.com, which will hopefully have new content up very soon. All right. Uh, James, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? I would like to be found on Space Coast, Coast to Coast, but that's just not a thing anymore. But otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Roman on the Rocks. Of course, my website, RomanOnTheRocks.com, where uh, hopefully very soon I will be posting uh, my podcasts. And I'm not going to promise writing. I'm trying to get back into it. But man, it's just motivation that's my issue. Uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, track me down in either of those two places. I got all the opinions on video games and all the recommendations for great scotch to go drink. <laughs> he has all the opinions on video games, everyone. So that's a pretty... You got to check him out now because, I mean, you got to see if that claim is uh, is actually uh, <laughs> legitimate. Yeah, that's, that's throwing down the gauntlet. That's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question, James. Uh, do, do you also do any retro gaming or is it all just the modern stuff? So I do do retro gaming. I haven't I, like I haven't done a podcast about retro gaming and I definitely should because there's a lot of stuff like I mean, I grew up from Nintendo on and mm. I know like there are those that like played with stuff earlier than that. And I've dabbled a little with some of the older like Atari games and stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, like I'm one of those, like they just announced the SNES classic mm -hmm. that Nintendo's going to release. That's going to come preloaded with such things that we've never played like Star Fox two mm -hmm. that I was just stoked about. I was like, Oh my God, I will throw all of the money at this. I need that <laughs> system. Cause there's just some solid games on that, that I was just like, those are like, classic games like those are games i can legit go back and play and never be bored of replaying so yeah i do i do a bit of retro gaming okay well may the odds be ever in your favor for actually getting your hands on an snes classic uh, because right. you know i'm sure it's going to be the same as the nes classic and it's going to be sold out everywhere because they're following the disney model of you know make sure that we leave people wanting more so that when we re-release -re it in two years you know and we can still command top dollar for this product but yeah, no, I completely agree. I love all that stuff, but I still have my NES and SNES, so I don't need the classics, but I totally get why people who don't are uh, are excited about getting those. Uh, well, although the SNES has Star Fox 2, which is, which is a pretty good thing that they're offering new games to, because that's definitely an incentive. So Beth, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? All right, you're going to find me on Mrs. Whiskers Studios. That's two S's back to back because I lack forethought. Um... <laughs> on Facebook and Etsy. 
that's pretty much my own haunting grounds. I don't go anywhere else, really. I'm yeah. boring. Well, <laughs> well, that's where you put all your crafty stuff and your costume work and stuff like that. Yeah. And you accept commissions for those. Yeah, but right now, uh, costume commissions are closed for the next 18 months as of this date. So uh, 2019 is looking like my next available opening because I am swamped. Yeah, she, she gets booked up very fast with yeah. her costume commissions. So, so Give me some time, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we decide, especially since next year, we want to like actually spend some time together. So she's not actually fully booked next year but we just decided to cap it just so that you know she's not down in the basement constantly and I never see her so yeah. <laughs> so there's that I'm really pale because you have your own projects too <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> all right, well, Ryan James, and of course, Beth, thank you for being on the show today. Good to be here. Yeah, you bet. It's been super. Ah! Waka, waka, waka. Uh, I regret nothing. (laughs) And that is an end to our Supergirl episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and you can let us know by contacting us through a variety of ways. One way is to go to our website and leave a comment on the episode itself, and you can do that by going to 42cast.com. You can send us an email to everything at 42cast.com. You can also tweet to us on Twitter at at 42cast, or you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. I wanted to mention the Tee Public website once again. Uh, that is the website where you can find uh, t-shirts and other paraphernalia for the 42Cast and other podcasts on the ESO network. There is a show note on episode 19 on our website that gives the complete URL for that. It is Tee Public, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C-T, public, all one word, dot com, and you can search for uh, ESO, and you should be able to find it that way, or you can go to that complete url it's way too long to list on the podcast itself but definitely check that out because it is a way to support the network as a whole and of course you can also have cool 42 cast swag and you'll be the envy of all of your friends well that's it for this week but please join us back here next week when grant gustin will not be joining us and until then this is nathan signing off You've been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.